Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey, kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better. Stronger. Kids Comics. And here are your hosts, Andrew and Michael Leyland. What's up? We'll put that there. So, will you stop playing with that while I'm recording? Playing with myself. Don't stop doing that. It's a good job it's an audio medium. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> it is. You're going to have to. You'll go blind. <laughs> I've got a hurry. <laughs> You've got to hurry everything. <laughs> That's how much I do it. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to another episode of Hey Kids Comics. They're, they're, they're a special. Another special. They're all special now. Yeah, we're all special. <laughs> Should we just bring the show back? Should we just announce that it's now monthly, but it's regularly monthly? Because <laughs> that's pretty much what we've done. Yeah. We've not missed a month. Have we not? No, we've, we've not. In December, we're at least three. So we pretty much were weekly in December. Yeah. So we don't go away. People would like that if we went away. <laughs> oh, look, don't mind the download figures. That's, yeah, I assured you. That's true. Those download figures, they don't lie. So, and I like that we did that simultaneously. It's, it's like we're finishing it's each other's scent, yeah. yeah. Toffee, coffee. It's like we're finishing each it's other's like coffee. It's like wanted to tell a joke, but Tristan didn't <laughs> It's like I cocked up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. Tonight's special is all about a world war. It is. A world war Hulk. Mm-hmm. How awesome's that? It's not, it was only New York. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> so this world war Hulk yeah. didn't actually take place around the world. But New York war doesn't but, sound... No, New York war Hulk doesn't sound quite as impressive, does it? Madison Square Garden Gladiator. Madison Square Garden looks like a Rocky fight more than anything, isn't it? Yeah. Because Madison Square Garden, one of the Rocky films in Madison Square Garden, wasn't it? Was it? Was it not Rocky one? No, because they were all in Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm sure one of them was in Madison Square Garden. No, you're right. Rocky Balboa. Rocky three. It wasn't Rocky three. Was it not? The fight with Club Lang was that not in New no, York? No, because that's in Philadelphia. Anytime, right. anywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It could have been Balboa. That's the only one that. It could have been. I've only seen Rocky Balboa twice. And so have I. I love that one. I'm not so big on Balboa. Are you not? I like it, but the fight's very disappointing. Rocky well, doesn't do anything. He's 66 years old, dude! It's still a Rocky film. It is. Fight. Yeah, well, Rocky Five doesn't have a fight in it. But Rocky Five was... The fight in Rocky Five is still quite the enjoyable. The street brawl. Especially when the, the, the priest is getting in on it as well. <laughs> I don't think Rocky Five is as bad as everyone it's says It's really it is. not. Watching it again, because I had a marathon with my friends. After watching Creed. Yeah, but Rocky V is actually really good. Yeah, it's it's not as bad as everyone says. It's a better film than Rocky IV. Oh, it, it definitely I mean, is. I mean, everyone loves Rocky IV, because it it's rah, 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 Rocky, Rocky does world peace message. If I can change, you, you can, can change. change. We all can change. Subtle Sylvester. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that social commentary self. <laughs> 
You wish you'd won an award for Rocky IV. But Rocky IV, isn't that basically a 45 minute film with 45 minutes of music videos in it? Yeah, but those music videos... Oh, No Easy Way Out is a gem. It is. Where he's driving and thinking. <laughs> and you can tell he's thinking because his face looks all confused. <laughs> no, that's what he looks like. Oh, all right. There's no easy way out. There's no shortcut home. And the training montage in Rocky Falls is one of the best. It is one of the best. Where he's just running up the hill. Yeah. And all, 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 all like, squats with her. Like, yeah, like he's Kate Bush. Yeah, yeah. Running up that hill. They should have already tracked by that. Yeah. The training montage should have been tracked by Kate Bush. Rocky Falls does have the best scene of the entire series in it, though. What, would what, what, dead Mickey? There's going to be an angel. Shall <laughs> I whisper in your ear? Get up, you son of a bitch. Quack, 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 quack. quack. But we're not a Rocky podcast. I like that we should be. We should. We should talk. You're like, poor Over summer when you're off, right? I'm booking you now. We should watch all the Rocky We never did the train spotting episode of Palace of Glitter and Delight, so we right. need to do that. But we, we should watch all seven Rocky films. Okay. Yeah. And we'll do a Palace of Glitter and Delight. It's just about the Rocky movies. What, an, a, an audio commentary? No, no. 14 no, minute long no, audio commentary? No, no. We'll watch them all and talk about them. I'm not doing audio commentaries. That'll be forever. Yeah. And they'll be, uh, we'll get into the fight yet. <laughs> When's the fight? And losing my turtles come from Luke. <laughs> that make excellent soup. Especially, especially in Rocky 2, where you're just like, come on, Rocky, just say you're going to do the rematch. I'm a, I'm a fighter. That's all I you have to be Rocky, that holiday's not going to pay for itself. <laughs> all I'm going to do is fight. <laughs> but anyway. You'll get that E-ring out. Do you pay attention to me, Dad? <laughs> I used to hold you in my hand like this. Get that what ring out? His earring. Oh, right. <laughs> it was like an A ring. I thought it was something else completely. You put more attention to Tommy. You were my son. Oh, Rocky Fisted. <laughs> Tommy Gunn does sound like a porn star. Tommy Gunn? <laughs> that is the stupidest name ever. He was an actual wrestler. He, what? He was, was he a wrestler or an actual boxer or something? I don't know. The fight, with, the fight with Thunderlips, though, Hulk Hogan's cameo. Yeah. Is that, that's in Rocky 3, isn't that's it? That's in Rocky 3, yeah. yeah. Hulk Hogan's not in 5, is he? Are he in 4? No, it's 5. He's not in 4. It is. He's it's 3. No, not 5. Yeah, right, you're right. Okay. It's Rocky 3. Because it's the montage where he's, he's been all... He's losing touch with himself. Yeah, he's losing the eye of the target. Yeah, dude. he finds out Mickey fixed his fight. Yeah, and he gets all... What's his name? Gets yeah. all... all he's t- he becomes too obsessed with wealth. Can I have a job? All you had to do was ask. <laughs> You're Pauline. We don't need to do the Rocky episode now. <laughs> there you go, we've done it. Rocky in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. That was excellent. Anyway, should we do, should we do an, an email? An actual podcast. An actual podcast. And there you go, that's the end of this week's episode of uh, our Rocky retrospective. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should do an email before we talk about the World War Hulk that wasn't a World War. Okay. But it did have a Hulk in it. So that's, you know. It had a world in it's it. It's a third of the title is correct. <laughs> Alright, two thirds of the title is correct. World Hulk. World Hulk. <laughs> the sequel to Planet Hulk. Yeah. That would actually work though, wouldn't yeah. it? That would be brilliant. Alright, anyway, first email is Chris Franklin. Hello! Christopher. It's called Dork Victory. I like that. Mm. That's quite good. Hello, Leylands. First off, I love Michael's Nora. <laughs> and here we thought Andy was the talented thespian in the Leyland family. I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> Oh, thespian! Yeah. Oh, that's a completely different thing. Or maybe I am a lesbian. Don't let society tell you what you can I'm sorry. I'm, uh, <laughs> Diversity, I, dude. I've been told off for saying those kind of jokes. Why? Who tells you off for saying that? Oh, my tutor. Does he? He only did it because of the actor. He actually ended up <laughs> <my jokes. laughs> 
he had to tell you off, but secretly enjoys it. Unofficially, he said, he likes us, he likes our jokes, but we should be careful what we say around others. Oh, so it's other people that have the problem with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. Um, man, Batman really is a dullard in this series, isn't he? Continues Christopher's email. I think your critical analysis of these two lobe sale masterpieces has really taken the sheen off them for me. Are they really that much better than Hush? I'm not sure. I think Sale's moody, stylized art elevates them above the imagey Lee art in Hush. Maybe that's the difference. Good call on Batman acting like the very usurper he had to rein in during Nightfall. I forgot it took so long to actually get to Robin in this series. I read this in trade for the first time, so Robin was front and centre on the cover. And we don't get a peep out of Dick Grayson in the first six issues. As for the Boy Wonder, I'm a die-hard fan of the character and the concept of Batman and Robin. I don't think Robin has to be in every Batman story, but those who devalue his place in the mythos get no quarter from me. If you don't at least accept Robin's importance to the legend, you don't know Batman. Maybe, just maybe, Loeb had the villains find the Batcave because it was similar to a plot from the 60s TV show, and therefore evoked the classic Golden and Silver Age Batman comics, where gritty crime noir gave way to superheroic romps. Batman and Robin's world eventually lightened up before becoming the insufferably dark comics of today. Or he could have just decided to throw everything in at the end and have fun with the villains and Robin whilst he still had access to those toys. Fun set of episodes. Like I said last time, it's really a bit of a mess. But Sale's classy art gives it a veneer that makes it more suitable for critical acclaim. Whatever that really is. Take care, Chris. I like that idea that they find the Batcave at the end and that's completely ridiculous and stupid because he was deliberately homaging 60s Batman comics. Yeah. I think that's giving them a little bit more credit. Isn't there a... Three threequel that's set during the summer and they go surfing. <laughs> Tim Sale's art was great in that series. And it's a parody of Big Wednesday. <laughs> so you've got Jan Michael Vincent as Batman. William Ken- oh, Gary Boosie would be Batman. Jan Michael Vincent would be Robin. And William Cat could be the Joker. I was on about that Surf's Up episode, but... Uh, yeah, well, that's... that's yeah, I'm, I'm transposing ah, it with Big right, Wednesday, okay, which is okay. a surfing movie right. that stars Gary Busey, William Cat, and, and Jan Michael Vincent. Right, OK. Have you ever seen Big Wednesday? I've, I've not. Neither have I. But I know... That was a great conversation. I know it's a real... I know it's a thing. OK, right, yeah. I'm not I, I know plenty of things are a thing, but... I am not interested in Jan Michael Vincent unless he's blowing shit up in a top-secret helicopter. Right, OK. I'm not interested in William Cat unless he's been covered in pig's blood or flying around in the greatest American hero costume. OK. And I'm not interested in Gary Busey. Full stop. Yeah. So... <laughs> so I have never seen Big Wednesday. <laughs> Our next email is from Patrick Delbor. It is of Bond and Batman. Hi, Andy. Hi, Michael. Hello, Patrick. Several times during your first Dark Victory episode, you compared Batman to James Bond. I was making the same comparison in reverse whilst watching Spectre. When Bond fights Dave Bautista's character, Hinks, on the train, Bond is reminded again and again that Hinks' only attack is to stab his thumbs through his intended victim's eyes. Now, if Bond were Batman, the simple solution here would be just cut Hinks between his thumb and forefinger. Badly enough, so Hinks couldn't use this attack. But Bond, like the Batman in Dark Victory, just wants to punch his way out of the situation. So those are my thoughts. Thanks for indulging me in this tangent, Patrick. Well, my, my James Bond as Batman comparison comes purely from the Denny and Neil Neil Adams stuff. Yeah. Where Batman clearly is James Bond. 
Especially when he's... Going he's, to space stations. Well, that, and when he's he's going after Ra's al Ghul in the Himalayas. Yeah. That is so very Batman. When um, he's... Bond, sorry. When he's travelling across the world yeah. with Bond. And, yeah. and didn't Grant Morrison play around with Batman as Bond a bit in his run? I guess, yeah. There was a little bit of that in it, wasn't there? So that's where my Batman as James Bond comparisons come from. Although I don't think Daniel Craig would make a good Batman. Probably not. He's a good James Bond. He's a bit short to be a Stormtrooper. <laughs> he is a little... But boom cha quality guy anyway that's that's it for uh, the show we hope you enjoyed our rocky retrospective and those emails <laughs> but if you want to stay tuned after this commercial break we've got a, we've got a nice follow up we've got, we've got a good follow up yeah we've got a post credit sequence <laughs> that will be longer than the actual show alright here's a commercial it'll be for a show and uh, we'll be right back so which is the hottest Marvel character Iron Man Eight man. I can't decide between Professor X and Magneto, so both. Loki. Is Wolverine Marvel? What about uh, White Tiger? What about uh, White Tiger? Doc Samson. Star Fox. That's a video game. The girls go on a journey to determine every Marvel character's hotness in Ohatmu or Not, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe podcast you didn't know you wanted. Available on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Planning the Marvel event Civil War, one of the first things the Marvel editors must have considered was what side would the Hulk be on. After all, Bruce Banner had been known to be the Hulk ever since Tales to Astonish issue 77 from 1966, so it's not like he had any concern about registering. However, when pigeonholing the characters into what side they would take, surely the Hulk's strength would prove to be a game changer. It was therefore decided that the Hulk would be sidelined for this event. How Marvel went about doing this, though, was quite inspired. They would give the Hulk his own mini-event that would be happening as Civil War was occurring. This mini-event was called Planet Hulk and would run through the main Hulk comics cover dated April 2006 through June 2007. In it, the Hulk would find himself jettisoned from Earth by his so-called friends, Reed Richards, Tony Stark, Dr. Stephen Strange and Black Bolt, for fear he was becoming too dangerous. You know, instead of pooling all their intellects into finding a cure... However, the Hulk's capsule is knocked off course and he crash lands on the planet Sakaar. His strength depleted, the Hulk is forced into a gladiatorial combat at the behest of the ruler of Sakaar, the Red King. The Hulk isn't having any of this, and when he returns to full strength he forms a rebellious brotherhood and, aided by the Silver Surfer, he overthrows the Red King. The people of Sakaar believe this to be divine prophecy, and the Hulk to be the saviour of Sakaar, the Sakaarsan. The Hulk takes over the running of the planet, eventually taking a wife, Sierra. Unbelievably, the man dispatched to another planet due to his destructive nature managed to bring about a lasting peace. This can't last and his happiness is shattered when the capsule he landed in explodes, killing millions, including his beloved wife. The men who dispatched the Hulk to Sakaar are about to learn what happens when you make the Hulk angry. 
And thus the stage is set for World War Hulk, a five-issue miniseries originally published August 2007 through January 2008. As is the norm for comics of this vintage, there were many different covers. Cover one was by David Finch and depicts the Hulk symbolically running over the planet Earth wearing gladiatorial combat armour. The late Michael Turner drew the second variant, the Hulk pulling back and screaming as many of Marvel's heroes look on. The third variant is by John Romita Jr. and depicts the Hulk crushing Black Bolt's head as Iron Man blasts him with repulsor rays, and the fourth variant is a pencils-only version of the Ramita Jr. cover. Starting with the Finch version, what do you think of that? It's it's very good. Do you like the David Finch one? It's a poster one, but it perfectly represents the series. Yeah, it's a movie poster cover for the entire series, and as a first issue, I do not mind that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, pretty cool as well. Symbolically, the Earth is cracking as he runs over it. Michael Turner cover. It's not great. It's it's not bad. He did all the Civil War variants, so that's probably so probably why he did the World War Hulk one. Yeah, yeah. It's it like I said, it's it's him railing backwards and, and screaming to the heavens. Michael Turner, as good as an artist he is, is better suited to his women though. I always think his women are they're too thin. It's what he does, though. It's yeah. I mean, he didn't do what he did badly. Yeah, I'll I mean, agree with it's that. Like Ed Beans does women and. He, you know, stick to that because yeah. he does it well. Michael Ed, Turner does women. And yeah, but Ed Benes' women have a bit of a fuller figure. It's true. It's true. Michael Turner did what he did very well, and I do. I don't mind his Hulk. Is the abs on the Hulk look, look a little bit too chiselled? Yeah, on that particular. He, he looks more like a well, just a big model. Yeah, well, but the arms are then too big for the abs. Yeah, it's like his arms are thicker than his stomach. Yeah, so it's it's, it's like he's given a little teeny tiny waist. But yeah, for Michael Turner, it's... He's been, on, he's been on the Weight Watchers. Yeah, very true. But like you said, Michael Turner did what he did, and he did it very well. Uh, John Romita Jr.'s cover, I like that he's grabbing hold of Black Bolt's head and he's about mm. to crush it like a peanut. Yeah. That's quite good. That's a good cover, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and the it's, pencils... It's more dynamic than the Finch one. Yeah, and the pencils cover is, is really good as well. Mm. So, so, you know, the entire series was written by Greg Pak, and we'll also mention it was drawn by John Romita Jr. and Klaus Janssen. The last time we covered a comic by Romita Jr. and Clanson. It, it was not. <laughs> it, it was ugly. Yeah. In both what we said and the art itself. So shall we see if this is any different mm. when we go into this one? As you may expect from a story like this, lovely listener, each it's just called World War Hulk. Yeah. So as with Extremis last time, it's just Extremis part one, part two. This is World War Hulk part one, part two. So. Part one. This is the story of the Hulk and how he came home. Arriving back in Earth's solar system on a starship of rock, the Hulk first stops by the moon to pay a surprise visit to the first man on his hit list, Black Bolt. The Hulk then carries on to Earth where, upon arrival, he gives a grim warning. New York is about to fall at his hands. Reed Richards, Tony Stark and Dr. Stephen Strange sent him away, and those actions had consequences. He will return in 24 hours. If these three are not here for him, he'll level the whole stinking planet. As if to emphasise his point, the Hulk holds up the broken and beaten body of Black Bolt. Iron Man launches into action, accessing the satellites around Earth, but the Hulk's men have already taken them down. Doctor Strange's astral form asks Tony, did he really think his machines would succeed where Black Bolt failed? As the New York heroes evacuate the streets, Reed and Iron Man talk the Sentry into helping. Not easy, as the Sentry and the Hulk are buddies. Also, the Sentry is an agrophobic schizophrenic. 23 hours later, Manhattan has been evacuated. 
Iron Man in his Hulk Buster armor arrives, as does the Hulk. Iron Man tells the other heroes to stay back. This is his fight. They are to attack only if he falls. The battle shatters windows and destroys buildings. Iron Man injects the Hulk with nanobots designed to combat his strength. With the Hulk down, Iron Man launches a devastating attack on the Hulk, hitting him with a barrage of missiles. The Hulk is down, but not out. The madder Hulk gets, the stronger Hulk gets, and he has never been madder. Visions of Sierra dance before the Hulk's eyes as he takes everything Iron Man throws at him and refuses to stay down. With a scream of, you killed her! The Hulk plows into Iron Man, sending both of them flying into a nearby building. The Hulk rains blow after blow upon Iron Man as the building collapses around them. And when it falls, only the Hulk is left standing. And that's part one. And that's pretty much how every single issue goes, isn't it? There is fight. <laughs> there is destruction. The Hulk is left standing. But it's done well, though. Oh, yes. It never feels like no. a fight. I love this. Mm. And in contrast to Extremis, I, I thought this was this was a good example of decompressed storytelling. This is like a summer blockbuster, but with depth. Yeah, I mean, that's something... I got that in the note later on, but we may as well talk about it now you brought it up. I don't know a lot about Greg Pak. Mm. Uh, I read Planet Hulk, which we both read. Yes. And I read something else as well. Um, action Comics? Did Didn't you work on Action Comics after Grant Morrison? Yeah, but we didn't read that. Yeah, but so, so I, I've not got a lot of experience of, of Greg Pak. But... Yeah, what he does in this, it is fight, 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 yeah. but there's an unexpected depth mm. to it, in and a, le- a level of characterisation. Yeah, there are a lot of splash pages and double yeah. page spreads, but there's a lot of dialogue as well. Yeah, and, and the, the criticisms are still there. Stan and Jack would have done this in two issues. Yeah. But it's not the 60s anymore, mm. is it? So this is how this kind of story is told. And for a story of this kind this is exceptionally well done yeah so we're not burying the lead on this one we're basically <laughs> just going to revel in the fact that this is absolutely brilliant mm. and, and go forward from there which is not to say we won't have problems with various bits of it but we'll, we'll get to that as we go on uh, the opening's really cool I like how they bring you up to date on um, the events of Planet Hulk essentially in one page yeah and with very minimal dialogue I like that as well I also like that the rest of, of Planet Hulk is brought up to speed over the course of the first issue. Yeah. So there's no need for a Star Wars-style recap scroll. It's the first page sets up where the Hulk has been. The rest of the issue slowly sets up why he's come back. Yeah, it stands on its own, but yeah. it's definitely a sequel to Any, It works better if you've read Planet Hulk. Yeah, as well. you can miss it. Yeah, you can just read this and still thoroughly enjoy it for what it is. Um... I, did, I love that panel, panel two on page two, which is the only time I'm able to reference the page number because there's never yeah. any page numbers. Uh, the Hulk's version of Reed, Iron Man, Black Bolt and Doctor Strange is them laughing at him. And I like the way it's written as well, mm. so that we see through the Hulk's, how he sees it. Yeah. So for us, yeah, these are the bad guys, Reed Richards, Iron Man, Doctor Strange. And which they are Hulk. in this story, aren't they? They are the bad guys in this story. Well, then they're not as well. Yeah, that's another way pack. Well, because really... we see it through the Hulk, it's, yeah, these are the bad guys. Yeah, so from the Hulk's point of view, he's the hero of the story, and they're the bad guys. Yeah. And then we get to slowly see both sides of the argument. What I liked about that panel was that it was coloured red, the Hulk is seeing red, yeah, because yeah. he's angry. Yeah. I, like, I thought that was really good. I like that just through how he's 
added shadow on mm-hmm. that. He makes Iron Man look. Yeah, he, it's looks sinister. Yeah. It's very clever, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is that all? No, it can't all be in the in the colour in that. That is in John Junior's face, isn't it? Yeah, and he's not cheated. Has no, he? no. He's not cheated on, on altering the mask or anything. So, yeah, that, that is really, really good. Uh, nice two-pager of the Hulk smashing meteorites as he comes home. I like that he stood on the outside of the stone spaceship yeah. as it comes in for a, a landing. It's got a lot of strength in it. Yeah. Like, if he did that in Superman, which he probably did, yeah. it looks... Well, a lot like a lot of colour, but there's a lot of strength in that. Well, one of the things that you can appreciate from them showing you the penciled variants. I mean, I'm reading this again in the Hatchet hardcover that yeah. we, we talked about last week. So I don't know if the actual Marvel version of this has the the variant covers it. I do know that the Marvel version of it has a what if at the end that this doesn't have. Yeah, this has a, a what if hook. But you can see from the pencils of the variant covers that it is all there in John Romita's artwork. Yeah. And the colouring's just enhancing what's already there. So the pencils are... The work is there. Yeah. It felt very much to me this was a completely different John Romita Jr. It does. I mean, there are still problems with, like, the faces are a bit wonky. Yeah. And some of his anatomy's occasionally off. But it's, this... No one has that project with Kirby, though. No, with Kirby it's in the strength and I think that's the same with Romero yeah that's a fair point that's a fair point Um, the the art in this is nowhere near as atrocious as his Superman work it's not and it's the same penciler and the same inker yeah so it's not like you can even blame well Klaus Janssen's inking in Superman was crap this is Klaus Janssen yeah but we know what Janssen's like on his own as well yeah and you don't get a lot of that in this no this is very tight on Romita Jr's pencils isn't it so what went wrong with Superman? Dunno. Well, just what? What is it? Because the art in this is, for the most part, pretty damn good. Well, Ramita's a Marvel artist at this point, isn't it? Well, Ramita's Whereas always the only time Mar- Ramita has drawn any DC work was, was Punisher, Punisher Batman. Yeah, but when it came to Superman, it was his name that sold it because it's Ramita on DC, along with Jeff Johns. So did that? play some part in it I don't I don't know because the name was selling it well, yeah surely then well, the work was sloppy yeah so uh, that's what I don't the, this is this is for the most part the John Romita Jr. I loved as a kid when he I was on Spider-Man Daredevil and the X-Men he is an artist who's had his peak though you can't argue that no he's no. past his peak yeah but, but this is not long ago no and it's definitely it's not his A game but it's nowhere near what he's like now yeah, that's, not, I don't get what went wrong. Because, did you see it when he did all the variant covers for DC for a month? No. Did you see them? I did Adam? not see any of them. Were they all bad? They were all bad. Oh, right. Essentially, they were all <laughs> the same. Every single cover was the hero or the team looking to the right. Yeah. And I know that for a fact, because once it, once you spot it, it clicked, I could see it. Every single cover looked to the right. And they're all crap. Not to put too fine a point on it. No, but the naff. Okay. And he's work- and it's like, but okay, he's he's not working to a specific deadline because he's not doing a monthly comic. But they're still crap. Yeah. So what what's like happened? Jeff, Jeff Johns, not Jeff Johns, uh, Darwin Cook did 52 variant covers and they all look great. Yeah, yeah, Darwin Cook's covers were brilliant. John Romita does 52 variant covers and they all look like crap. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's, that's one of the things that, that... I mean, I've always been a big proponent of John Jr. I've always been a fan of him through Amazing Spider-Man, through X-Men, through Daredevil, all of that stuff, through his return to Spider-Man. I love all of that. And I'm not going to deny it started a little, little bit wonky in some of his later Spider-Man stuff. But this is good. Yeah. So what happened between here and Superman? No idea. Which we, we don't have an answer Even to. at the end of Kirby's career, he still had, still had strength. But Romita doesn't have the strength yeah, anymore. And I don't know what. I mean, his Thor runs brilliant, mm. and I, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just, I just know that this is good, and the Superman <laughs> stuff wasn't. And that's, that's pretty much all we can say, isn't it? Um, the Hulk rocks up to the moon to take out Black Bolt first of all, which is him and Medusa. Uh, this is a Hulk that we haven't seen since Betty Ross died. He pretty much turns Black Bolt a new one. It's, it's a fantastic sequence of panels where Black Bolt unleashes his voice and all he says is, enough. Yeah. And he just whispers it. And because it's Black Bolt, it's like the Hulk's been hit with a, a thousand whatever you measure hurricanes in. Mm. Um, and the Hulk just walks through it. It's not easy. Oh, I, I'm not, I didn't come here to hear you whisper. I want to hear you scream. I want to hear you scream. It's, this is great as well because we're, what, four pages in? Yeah, and because Black Bolt turns away thinking he's won. What an arrogant... Well... He is, isn't he? Yeah, he is. That is one of Black Bolt's things. And that the Hulk survived it. And t- that is a great line, and you isn't don't, it? You don't see anything as well. You see the Hulk jumping at Black Bolt, and then the next time you see it, Black Bolt's down. Yeah, you don't see the fight between Hulk and Black Bolt, mm. which is a, re- which is a master stroke yeah. in a comic that is essentially one big fight. You don't see the you first fight. You don't see the first fight. Which makes the impact later on when he just holds up Black Bolt's beaten and battered body. Yeah. just has so much impact that it's like, holy, <laughs> the Hulk's quite angry. And that's, that's really good. There's a little minor continuity reference as well. Medusa refers to the fact that Black Bolt squaring off against the Hulk did not end well for the Hulk. Right. Which is a reference to Hulk Annual 1 from 1968. Okay. Which I remember very well as it was first, well, not first reprinted, but it certainly was reprinted in Incredible Hulk Annual 1979, which is another one of those annuals from 1979 <laughs> that started this whole thing, pretty much. So that's in there. The Hulk arrives as a giant hologram in, uh, in Times Square. This is very V. Yeah, isn't it? These, Our these childhood's end if you want to go the Arthur C. Clarke route. All those people, like, underneath, can they? See is, I, I don't know. I don't know how anatomically correct the, the hologram would be, but yeah, if they stood underneath, no, he's not. He's got a loincloth thing underneath the, okay. the pouch. He's not just tackle out because you know that, that, it is a gladiator planet, though. So yeah, and in, yeah, but they don't fight tackle out. Although some gladiators did fight naked, they did. Yeah. So well, then the, the, for the purposes of this comic, let's assume that we're okay. not looking up to see the Hulk's chalky starfish. Because this wasn't written by Kevin Smith. Yes, that's absolutely right. I do like in Times Square, I did laugh at this, HSBC and Old Spice, that's perfectly okay. Right. But they're not allowed to say Samsung or (laughs) Coca-Cola. So Samsung becomes Sansang, and Coca-Cola becomes Coca-Cola. Okay. What was it about Coke and Samsung that they couldn't say anything but Old Spice and HSBC was perfectly acceptable? Don't know. Different trademarks? Yeah, possibly. Maybe. I don't know what that would be. Cause, you know. I do like the Hulk's first line. Puny humans, I've come to smash. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you need <laughs> to know? That's the catchphrase when the film comes out of this. Okay. That's the tagline. Puny, Puny humans, humans <laughs> I've come to smash. Because that would be absolutely fantastic. That warning is just terse and to the point. 
and he tells the entire world what was done to him and he kind of brings people around to his point of view, doesn't he? Yeah. When he tells what's happened to him. Which he's, is he's very good. considerate and smart of him as well to give a 24-hour warning. Yeah, get the hell out of this he's, he's declaring war on the heroes, but he's fair on everyone else. Yeah, well, he's not here for the, the general population. He's here for justice. He yeah. says that at the end of the story. So he's not here to and massacre not, the population. He's not wrong as well. He is here for justice. Yeah. Just a gladiator point of view of it. Yeah, and he's, you know... That's the point of this story. It, it told from another angle, the Hulk's the bad guy. But this is the Hulk's comic. Yeah. So the Hulk is, everybody's the good guy of their own story. Mm. That's the way it works, isn't it? So in this particular story, the Hulk is the good guy and everyone else is the bad guy. But he does a pretty good job of convincing the world of his point. That panel there of him just holding up Black Bolt's body. Yeah. I'll do this to your whole stinking planet. Come on, that was cool. Mm. I never liked Black Bolt anyway. <laughs> so having the Hulk just beat the tar out of him. And he, but he doesn't kill him. No. That's an imperative thing about this this issue. He's not here to kill Well, him. it's because his plans to make him fight each other, isn't it? Yeah, in Madison Square Garden. So, so I, I don't mind that at all. I, the, the Hulk is understandably confused a little bit, I think. He threatens New York and then says he will take out the rest of the planet. Yeah. Why? Is it not just the anger? It could be, because he seems to get everything that he wants when he's sat in Madison Square Garden later on. That's yeah. what he wanted, isn't it? He it's, wants a gladiatorial combat. Yeah. Alright, fair enough, I'll go with that. Um, last week I didn't remember... Oh, last week, I may not have released him weekly, but last time we did Extremis, mm. I couldn't remember whether Tony had the Civil War, the armour, sorry, in Civil War, the Extremis stuff. He must have done, because he's still got it here. Yeah. He's still got Extremis here, because that's how he's communicating with the satellites, isn't it? Well, this is an Extremis, this is all... The one he had before Extremis, but he's still using Extremis. Yeah, he's, he's, it, the suit of armour is irrelevant. He's still got yeah. Extremis in his bones. It's just Ramita doing bulky armour. Yeah, pretty much. Because he uses the Hulkbuster armour later on. Yeah. But, I'm, but the Extremis is still in here. Yeah, because they make a point later on where he can't use it. Yeah, so, alright, fair enough. See, that's the problem with the Extremis thing. You then have to come up with an Achilles heel for it, don't you? Yeah. If his armour's part of him all the time you've not got that extra drama of separating from his armour. Because mm. without the armour, Tony Stark's just a normal guy. Yeah. But if he's got extremis in him, he's got his armour essentially with him he at all times. Iron Man. Yeah. So that's another thing I don't think they thought about with extremis, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Doctor Strange is quite funny. He's still got a sense of humour about dying, if nothing else. He's never been angry as so strange, so he's never been strong enough. Sadly, this assumes we'll be alive when all this is over. Yeah. Which is a funny line. I do like the madder Hulk gets, the stronger Hulk gets is still a thing. Yeah, and he's never been angrier. I like Steve Doctor Strange in this story. Mm. I mean, he does kind of make a deal with the devil. Not yeah, literally. I'm not so big on the later bit. The, with Zon. Yeah. yeah but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, I know it's probably because John Jr. is drawing him, but the sentry looks exactly like the poncy blonde dude from Superman. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah. Um, who is the sentry? Oh, it was a Bendis thing. Was it? Yeah. I See, I thought he was from JMS's, um, what was he called? Supreme Power. Right. Was okay. that not him? No. Was it? Is that a different guy? Supreme right. Power's a Max thing, isn't it? Yeah, and then it became a a normal thing. I Did thought it? it got neutered when it became a non-Max title. Right. Yeah, and it, we never read any of that. Okay. After it stopped being a Max title, I read a little bit of it, but I don't think we got the trade. And I was wasn't like, mm. the point of it the Marvel Superman, but yeah, the Max? but you do it with Max, you can explore other yeah. areas in more detail. 
like there was lots of sex and nudity and violence in it that you couldn't have possibly got away with yeah. in a regular comic. I see. I thought he was something to do with that, but is he not? No, he's a, he's no. a Bendis thing. Okay, fair enough. Which, despite all the grief people give it, is still really good. What the Sentry? Well, just all of Bendis's Avengers stuff. Yeah, you like Bendis's Avengers art, don't you? Mm. Did it not get to the point where you thought this is a bit too Bendis? No. Or did you enjoy well, all of it? I, I did. Kind is of that your Daredevil? Whereas, like, I read his Daredevil run, and I never need to read any more Bendis ever again. It was good, and yeah. I enjoyed it, but his little Bendis bag of tricks of writing, everything was in that Daredevil arc. So if you've read that Daredevil arc, I don't need to read any more Bendis. Yeah. I've got everything I ever need from it. I suppose I'd, I prefer Alias. Alias is my Bendis story. Mm. But with Avengers, it gets to the point where I, 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 I kind of droned off it a bit. All right. When it became the heroic age and stuff, mm. and it wasn't just it wasn't one story. Yeah, it was. Hey, look at how many other titles I'm writing. Right. Okay. So the Avengers became lots of different Avengers books. Yeah. So essentially, what he's doing with Iron Man now. It worked when it was Avengers and New Avengers because they tied into each other. Yeah. And it was around Civil War era, and after that, it was two sides of the registration, so they complemented each other. Yeah. But then it turned into a crossover. Right. Okay, I've never read any of it, so I'll take your word for it. Um, Spider-Man is helping evacuate New York City, and he's in his black costume, which places this in the back-in-black arc. Why is he not being hassled by Tony Stark? Because he left. Because registration is still happening. Yeah. Which Tony says on the page before, any heroes that are unregistered that help will be given a pardon. Hmm. But at this point, Spider-Man, Mary Jane and Aunt May are on the run... Well, because he's, he's turned his back on Tony. Aunt May... Aunt May gets shot... Yeah. ...and is in hospital for the majority of the Back in Black and then Amazing s- Spider-Man arc. And then immediately after that... They go into... It's brand new brand day. Brand new day, yeah. Where, where does Spider-Man's bit in this story fit in? I don't know. Doesn't really, does it? That's the only problem with the shared universe, isn't it? Sto- yeah. Sometimes stories just don't... Well, Dan, they could have got away with this by just not having Spider-Man in it. Because he doesn't serve a he purpose. He does not serve a purpose. Spider-Woman is in it, so she could have done everything that Spider-Man's doing. Yeah. Spider-Man does not need to be in this story. And other that, than that Spider-Man. Other than Spider-Man. And that little continuity niggle would be out of the way. Uh, I am just going to put it right out there that John Jr. does not draw a good black costume. Okay. Do you not think... I've got no problems with it. Really? I, I, I think there's something just off about it. I don't, it. It doesn't seem to suit him. He draws brilliant red and blues. Yeah. But I don't think he draws the black. But okay, fair enough. I just like seeing the black costume. Yeah. I like the black costume. I don't want to have it all the time. But it's nice when he does wear it. But it's Yeah, I agree with that. Because she hulk's cool. She hulk's really good in this story, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. I love her line, it's the She-Hulk. The He-Hulk smashes a thousand times harder than me. You really want to hang around and meet him? Mm. When she's trying to get all the crowds to move away. That's really cool. And you've already mentioned how blocky the Hulkbuster armour is. Yeah. Is that... Was that armour in Avengers Age of Ultron? Yes. Was that what was in it? Because I need to watch it. Well, it's the inspiration for it. Yeah. I've not watched Age of Ultron since I saw it at the cinema. Mm. I need to watch that again. Because loads of people are down on Age of Ultron, and I'm, I remember really loving it. Yeah, I remember really liking it. So I'll have to watch that again and see who's right, me or them. Uh, John Romita Jr. is an artist who's always worked well with raw power. I mean, I know he made his name drawing, you know, Spider-Man and the X-Men, but whenever he's tackled huge, powerful heroes who get into just knock-down, drag-out fights like Thor. He had an excellent run on Thor with Dan Jurgens. I think he's second only to Kirby. 
Yeah. And this panel here of the Hulk versus the Hulkbusters, these huge, immense beings of just pure power kicking the snot out of each other, is really good. His build-up and his aftermath of Iron Man and the Hulk fighting is just fantastic. Mm. They smash into each other there. Buildings around for miles, the glass shatters, and helicopters are hit by the shockwaves. That's really, really impressive. And it continues through Iron Man's last will and testament, because I'm convinced Iron Man thought he was going to die. Yeah. I get that he didn't they think he was going to survive that, yeah. this. Oh, the Hulk was going to die. I think by the end of the story, the Hulk wanted to die. Well... You know, once he learns the twist in the tale, which yeah. we'll get to later... Because he does have that moment where he knows he can't be yeah. redeemed. Yeah. I think he wanted to die at the end of the story. I don't think he wants to die yet. Yeah. I think he wants to teach him a lesson. But I don't think Iron Man... I See, this is the thing they underestimate it, which is what they did when they sent him away. The Hulk's not here to kill them. Mm. And they all think he is. Yeah. And that's where they make the mistake. The Iron Man dropping the Hulk into Central Park and blowing the place up is just brilliant. And it's clever as well. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's already evacuated. Yeah, they've already Central Park is. It's specially evacuated. Yeah. And he just missile barrages the Hulk. She-Hulk's yells, no, wait... Because yeah. she doesn't want this. And while he's getting barraged, we just see flashbacks to him and Sierra on... Am I pronouncing her name right? Kiara, Sierra? No, I don't know. Whatever. That's a great panel of the Hulk, though, being burnt up. Yeah, as the he's, missiles hit John Romita's cross-hatching's really good, but yeah. he doesn't do it nearly enough anymore. Well, then, then that's the... This, after what we said last time about him. Which was actually painful, because I'm a big fan of the guy. When we met him, he was really nice. He was. He was a lovely guy. So it's nice to actually be able to go back and cover something that is genuinely good, mm. as opposed to his Superman run. Still, having said that, some of the faces are off. Uh, Doc Samson looks especially bad in the panel with Doc Samson. Is she Ms. Marvel at that point? Yeah. Carol Danvers? Wonder Man and Luke Cage and Spidey, they're hidden in the background. They all look okay, but Doc Samson just looks wrong. Okay. Do you, do you not agree? I, I don't I don't. No. Don't really have a, don't yeah. really care. Right, fair enough. I think that looks a bit bad. Um, but there's no denying that the fight scenes, the full page shots of the Hulk roaring. And seeing Avengers Tower collapse. Yeah, as well. Avengers Tower collapsing him run as, as he just leaves a broken Iron Man behind. That's him, a great page. Is a fantastic the build page. up as well. Yeah, the building collapses and yep. the fog yep. clears. Well, I mean, last week this is one of those things that where you you've kind of got to balance your hypocrisy. Last week I did nothing but bitch that there was that issue of Extremis mm. where I said there's you know six pages of this comic have dialogue actual dialogue on it, yeah. and what you've got here is a dialogue less fight. But it's, why is this one brilliant? It's, it's to do with the pacing and the artwork. And the scope of it. Yeah. The, the scope of Extremis, it was two guys fighting on a freeway, and there was a bit of a car crash behind them. Mm. And it was boring as hell, and stiff as hell. But just the stories themselves, this has much more... It doesn't have the ideas or the concept Extremis does, but it's got much more depth. As a story. Yeah. Yeah, you'd say, yeah you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's perfect. Like, I am, Extremis had a higher concept. Yeah. A more interesting scientific idea behind it, but it forgot to tell a good story. Mm. Whereas this is just all Smash. This is the Rocky Four. Yeah, but it's good Smash. Yeah. And Pac does such a good job of giving us characterisation in between the Smash. And even during it as well. Yeah. 
Just little lines of facial expressions. Or, and it's, a lot of it is John Jr. A lot of it's John Jr.'s pulling this off really well. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what happened on Superman. How much it was Jeff Johns? Not even Jeff Johns was responsible for the art. Mm, that's true. Alright, okay. Um, part two. David Finch did the art for the main cover for issue two. And it's just everybody dogpiling on the Hulk. The Fantastic Four, the She-Hulk. See, the Luke Hulk Cage, just looks a bit weird in Spider-Man. That. Yeah, well, that's David Finch. He's picking up Doc Samson. I don't know. It's, I think it's more his her. Yeah. And on that, that, that cover, he's just like got a, a patch of her on the top of his head that's shaved around the skull, isn't it? Recently, yeah. yeah. Whereas in the actual issue, he's actually got her. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a, a minor discrepancy there, but, you know, nothing major. The covers are always prepared at um, a much earlier stage than the actual story, aren't they? Uh, the John Romita Jr. cover is Hulk vs. The Thing, with that, the wretch of the FF involved, and the third variant is Romita's pencils. That definitely evokes the Lee Kirby, Lee Kirby yeah. Fantastic Four stuff. Yeah, the Hulk vs. The Thing stuff is brilliant. That's a splash piece you did during Red Hulk, isn't it? Yeah. Did he do any Red Hulk? Did John Jr. do some Red Hulk? I thought that was all Ed McGinnis. No, he did a couple of stuff. Did he? But I right. remember in one in a special or something, he did a poster of The Thing versus right. Hulk. That is, that is pretty cool. Alan Davis has done a great one. Mm. Great poster then. So you, I don't think you can go wrong with Hulk versus The Thing. No. Because it's just the two of them wailing on each other. And again, the pencils just show the amount of effort that, that Ramita Jr.'s put into the cover. Mm. Which is great, isn't it? I actually prefer the pencils to the actual cover. Yeah, yeah. But we normally do, don't we? As a rule. Okay. Part two. On the roof of the Sanctum Sanctorum, Iron Fist and a few characters I don't recognise confront Doctor Strange about the Hulk problem. Strange will not banish the Hulk again. They tried that, and look where it got them. Neither will he kill him. He will, however, conduct a spell that uses a hero to let him pass the Hulk's defensive. A hero that can redeem and defeat the Hulk in equal measure. The name of this hero is, as yet, unknown. Across town, the Hulk has crushed Iron Man like a beer can, and his war-bound brethren, Hirom the Shamed, Korg the Cronin, Elo Kafi, Majek the Unhived, and No Name of the Brood, stand with him. They offer the Avengers a chance to join them, but Jennifer Walters, the She-Hulk, tries to reason with the Hulk. He pounds her into the pavement, and then completely decimates the Avengers. On the roof of the Baxter building, Reed Richards, with the help of Storm, the Black Panther, and the rest of the FF, is building something. But against the might of the Hulk and the Warbound, it fails miserably. So do the extended FF family, with even the Thing almost falling to the Hulk's might. Before that killing blow can be delivered, the Hulk is interrupted by the Sentry. But this is quickly revealed to be a trick of Reed's. This pisses the Hulk off even more. With the FF down, Sue manages to get a signal to the real Sentry, but it is Rick Jones who tries to get through to the Hulk. He almost succeeds when he tells the Hulk that Captain America is dead, but Doctor Strange uses Rick's friendship to attack the Hulk's mind. The attack fails. The Hulk is so angry that Strange cannot penetrate his mind. With the Hulk taking out the last few heroes, including Hercules, it seems the last best hope lies in the hands of General Thunderbolt Ross. Which was a great ending. Wasn't it? Mm. Absolutely brilliant. General Ross had to be in this. Yeah. He had to show up somewhere. Uh, Iron Fist is with Doctor Strange. Fist makes a really, really good point. Strange is responsible, partially, with everybody else. And could do magic to end it. And he's even asked if he'll kill the Hulk and replies that he won't. Yeah. So Doctor Strange says he won't kill it. You're kind of setting that up here then, aren't you? Yeah. You are. You're setting that up. Doctor Strange won't kill. Which is, you know... Unlike Iron Man, 
because Iron Man did try to kill him. Yeah. But this is an Iron Man that blasts people's heads off with repulsor rays. Well, so. is it not one of those things where, it, it, un, unlike an extremist, this is kind of a, the only way to stop him is to kill him thing? Yeah, but also this this plays into the Civil War version of Iron Man, doesn't it? That he's he's this is the way, and it's my way or the hard way or the highway. Sorry, yeah. if you don't see it my way, you're wrong. And Tony Stark has become very head had, had, What's the word I'm looking for? Not headline. Headstrong. Headstrong. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. In the if you don't do it his way, you don't see it his way, then you're incorrect. You're wrong. Uh, I suppose in here though, it's it is very definitely a. The only way to stop the Hulk is to kill him. Yeah, which is what Iron Man seems to think, which plays into exactly what the Hulk's talking about. Yeah. Doesn't it? He's not trying to kill them, but his adversaries are, which which goes into later on when, when the, the general public come back to watch the fight. They're on the Hulk's side. Yeah. Which, you know, is, is fair enough, given what he's been through. The Hulk has brought his war-bound buddies with him, uh, we only glimpsed them in the last issue, but this doesn't look like a good thing for the Earthers. They all have much, much higher, much more substantial parts in Planet Hulk. Yeah, where they're, they're developed quite fully. Here, you get a little bit of characterisation, particularly from Hero the Shamed, who's the what's he's the guy who's um, if this is to be the end, let it end well. Let he who dies die, die well. That's the one. He's really good. You don't really get a lot of Elio Cafe. No. Although you Korg the Cronan plays a lot into it later on. And I do like the the brood from that issue of X Men. Yeah, from the the brood war with the X Men, which is pretty cool. I like that. They do offer the Earth's heroes a chance to join them. Yeah. So well, because yeah. they're not the ones they're after. Yeah. They're very specific in who they're after, and it's anyone who gets in the way. Yeah. If you just step back and leave us to do what we want to do, we won't get in your way. We won't hurt you. Yeah. We only want Reed, Black Bolt, Stephen Strange, and Tony Stark. Mm. The rest of you are free to go. Uh, She-Hulk offers to bring Iron Man to trial. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> given that Iron Man is now the law. Yeah. In everything. Or above the it's law. It's a great scene as well, eh, where she wants to talk to the Hulk and he's, he's set on what he wants to do. Mm. It's like... It, the Hulk is the unstoppable force. Mm. And she's but, the immovable object. Well, she's not even the immovable object. No, he just he just pounds her into the, the floor, doesn't he? But even though it's like he does, he knows that he can't hurt her. Yeah, because she's the She-Hulk, and you know, it's, I, it's just like, like I'm not here to talk. Move yeah. now. And uh, damn it, Bruce! And he just picks her up and rams her head into the pavement, and then you've got her buried in the pavement, saying, "God help us all!" And then the Hulk just decimates her. He's the God of War. Mm. He just punches him straight into the floor. So the fight in this is just great. And what's really cool about this is this isn't mindless Hulk fighting. He's been a gladiator on on Sakaar yeah. for ages. So the way he actually defeats Sakaar is he moves out the way. He dodges. He ducks and weaves, and then just comes in from behind and smacks him around the back of the head. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's great as well because it's with Iron Man, it's a fight. But with this, he just he just wants to take them down so we can move on. Yeah, he's not really interested in fighting these people, so it is just punch out, move yeah. on. And so you you do get a nice double page spread. Spider Man again. There's another reason Spider Man shouldn't be here. He's totally out of his weight class. Yeah. So I did, you could have removed Spider Man from this, and it would not have mattered because it's not like he's any good in the fight. You know, the hero, the hero, the warbound own him, which you would expect them to do. The Black Panther is really good in this, pointing out that Reed has essentially made this the world's problem. 
Yeah. Because Reed tries to get them all to leave, and he said, you've kind of made this our problem. Your problem's now rocked up on our doorstep. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of your fault. And he doesn't try to deny it. And the scene with, with Sue is really quite sweet. Where she says, you know, you have to get out of here now. And Sue's like, what, before I've got a chance to yell at you? Yeah, especially when this is the era of... Civil War. Of slimy, conniving Reed Richards. Yeah. Well, that's one of my problems with Civil War. I didn't like what it did to those characters. I didn't like what it did to Reed, and I didn't like what it did to Tony Stark. Yeah. I mean, Black Bolt I don't really care about, but, you know. Um, I didn't really keep up with the Avengers after Kurt Busiek and George Perez left, but in this particular instance, they seem to be She-Hulk, Spider-Man, Wonder Man, Doc Samson, Uri's, and Ms. Marvel. Now, one of these things is not like the other, mm. which is Spider-Man. And they're, they're heavy hitters... But I'm not sure any of these are really in the Hulk's weight class. Uh, Doc Samson is, because he's a big... He's a Kryptonian-endowed in, in well, being as well, he's isn't he? He's a big player in Kryptonian. the Red stuff. Gamma Ray is not yeah. Kryptonian. He is, that's very true. But, I seem, you know, I mean, you may be right, because it is Samson who's tackling the Hulk. And they were doing big stuff with Spider-Woman, and they did want to set up Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah, and Wonder Man's pretty, he's in the top of leagues. Yeah. Despite his silly name. But, uh, alright, okay, I'll back down on that. But, uh, were they the Avengers at the time, yeah. if you've read all that? Were they? Alright, okay, so that, that fits then. Essentially, everyone who you remember being the Avengers were the new Avengers, but right. they were the illegal Avengers. Except Captain America was obviously off the table at this point. He wasn't. The, I can't remember where he was. Well, he's dead yeah. at this point. He is. But essentially, the new Avengers are the illegal, unregistered right. Avengers. Okay, fair enough. Well, so these are the genuine yeah. Avengers, because they've all registered, apart from Spider-Man. Although he technically has registered. Yeah. See, unless, that's why I didn't... Unless this is before... Yeah. But no, then, it can't be, because he's, he's, he's in the black costume. Yeah. Because he leaves during Civil War itself. Yeah, he only starts wearing the black costume when, when he's on I the run. Shot, yeah. So no, it doesn't really fit. If he was in it and wearing the the, the red and the blue, blue, yeah. But I don't know when this came out in relation to Civil War. Even then, because this... isn't Civil War Fantastic Four? Well, or Black Panther and Storm are here. This could easily take place during Civil War. Yeah, I mean, it could take place anywhere around then. It doesn't really matter. In between, like, the first couple of issues of Civil War. Yeah, but then the Hulk's around for Civil War, which is what they didn't want. That's true. They wanted to avoid the Hulk being around for Civil War. Well, unless this happens in the middle. Yeah, but I I don't know. And then he's back in prison for the conclusion. He could be. I don't don't know. I don't really care enough to to check, to be honest (laughs) with you. I didn't really rate Civil War that much. Uh, The Human Torch bringing the Nova Flame... He's great. It's always good when he brings on his Nova Flame. As is the Hulk thing fight. Hulk thing clashes have been staples since the early days, like you pointed out earlier on. And we've never really been given a definitive answer as to who would win the Hulk or the thing. Not even in this? It's, no, even this is, ends up being a draw, doesn't it? Well, the Hulk definitely beats the thing. Yes, but... and I think ultimately the Hulk would. Yeah. But I think what you see in this... Is exactly what I think. The thing isn't wouldn't stay down. The thing's just a distraction. The, well, and also he's rocky. He's too dumb to stay down. Yeah. So he would keep getting back up. But yeah, at this point, the thing was just the distraction for the sentry hologram, which doesn't paint the heroes in a good light. No, it does not. To trick the Hulk using his best friend. Yeah. And then later on. 
Rick Jones could have easily calmed down the Hulk yeah. and stopped all and this. And Doctor Strange interrupts him. Yeah. Because Rick has got through to him. I yeah. mean, it's in the next chapter, but we'll probably it? get... Yeah. Right. It's not in, is it in this chapter? I thought you said it in the synopsis. Yeah, yes, you're right. absolutely right. Yeah, it's in this chapter. Because the Hulk's walking through the streets, dragging the heroes behind him, particularly the thing, the Fantastic Four, Wonder Man, Doc Samson, look, we beat them all. The heads on the stake. Essentially, yeah. And, you know, burying their enemies. And the Hulk calls Reed a monster. Yeah. Which is really quite thought-provoking. But yeah, you're absolutely right, it is at the end of this chapter. Yeah, Reed, Rick Jones almost gets through to him. And it's when he, he says Cap's dead, the Hulk has a moment there, doesn't he? Yeah. And he, he puts his hand on Rick's shoulder, like, you know, maybe you're right, maybe this isn't the right way to do it. And Doctor Strange attacks him at that point. Mm. And Doctor Strange essentially, maybe the story would have been over here. Yeah. So, even after knowing that they did was wrong, they still make the wrong decisions. Yeah. yeah. So, they've just compounded wrong decision upon wrong decision. Yeah. Every time they've tried to interfere. Mm. So, like, at what point would you say, maybe we should just not interfere? Yeah. I guess you could read it like that, in yeah. that trying to do the right thing, it just makes they've just it worse. just made it worse, yeah. That's a good point, that. Mm. That's good subtext, that. I'm glad I brought you. I'm always glad when you show up. Uh, why are the heroes of the Marvel you called capes when so few of them were capes? Is it not just the stereotypical derogatory term? It, I know it's a derogatory term for superheroes, but it should at least make sense. Yeah. How many how many heroes in the Marvel you were capes? Thor, the Sentry. What, what do you call them? Like types. It makes more sense, I guess. I suppose so. Masks. Well, not all of them were masks. That's true. Not all of them were masks. So I don't know. Anyway, it just it struck me as a bit... Because what was one of the things about the Marvel heroes? They very rarely wore capes. No capes? No capes, darling. So, all right, fair enough. And then General Ross shows oh, up. Oh, that's such a cool page. Brilliant page. General Ross with all the Apache helicopters flying in behind him. Because it's, it's ridiculous when you think about it. The thing can't take the Hulk down, but a 9mm in a helicopter can. General Ross was always a little bit overconfident. <laughs> yeah. As evinced by the fact that he's never succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it is a, it's a brilliant two-page splash, though, isn't it? Mm. Of him showing up with all the Apaches in the background. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, issue three, David Finch's cover. The Hulk hoists a tank over his head and prepares to throw it as tiny missiles close on him from, uh, from every angle. On the John Romita Jr. cover, let me just turn the page, the Hulk stands with his back to us as Ross and the army close in under his legs. There's another... Oh, there's no pencil variant for this one. Oh, there isn't... It's not been republished in this, if there is a pencils variant. Mm. Should we just assume there was one? There probably was. All right, because there was for every other issue, weren't there? Uh, what do you think? Uh, they're both pretty cool. Yeah, they're both okay. The, um, the, I think the David Finch one's more action-packed in this case, although the, the very dark colouring doesn't help it, mm. whereas the John Jr. one doesn't have quite as dark colouring. But it is... It's not quite as action-packed as the David Finch one. No. But it's, essentially, it's just him stood the... And uh, Thunderbolt in between his legs. Yeah, so if you're right and he, he's not got anything on end of the, we can kind of almost upskirt him. <laughs> upskirt shot, but pay maybe not the one you want. The big green crack. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're a, a woman or, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or gay, in which case that's exactly what you want to see. And fair play to you, <laughs> if that's true. If you want to look up and see the Hulk's block and tackle, fine with me. I'm not here to judge. Whatever you want. Be a bit unlucky if. 
that also didn't get all muscular with the rest of him. <laughs> no, it's, it's still average. <laughs> it's still banner-sized. <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, part three. General Ross moans when told civilians have entered the area. They seem to think the Hulk is some kind of hero. Why won't they learn? He opens fire with a 10-ton adamantium tribute, missiles that could potentially cut the Hulk to pieces. Rick Jones implores Ross. This isn't going to stop the Hulk, just make him more angry. Ross doesn't listen. These adamantium shells will rip the Hulk to pieces. Doctor Strange is still looking for an opening. Surprisingly, Ross's attack does just that, and Strange enters the Hulk's mind. In New York, the Hulk falls to the floor and Ross pummels him relentlessly. In the Mindscape, Doctor Strange reminds the Hulk that he is a Sorcerer Supreme. He could snuff the Hulk's life out with but a twitch of his fingers. Strange manages to get through to the Hulk and he reverts to Banner. Strange maintains he had nothing to do with the explosion that killed Kiera, Sierra, whatever. They have been, and ever shall be, friends. It's all a ruse. With Strange's guard down, Banner hulks out and crushes the hands Strange said he could easily use to dispose of the Hulk. Snapping out of the dreamscape, the Hulk decimates Ross's army and pulls Ross out of an Apache helicopter. Both men fall. Ross awakens in Madison Square Garden, controlled by an obedience disc and shackled with the Avengers and the FF. The Hulk plans to make sport of them all. S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Maria Hill tells the President of the United States he may need to call on a higher power, the Sentry. Rick Jones arrives at the Sanctum Sanctorum where the warbound are mopping up Iron Fist and the others. Doctor Strange tells Wong that his hands are as nothing and it's time to bring out the big guns, a box containing a mystical being called Zob. He opens it as the warbound finally crack his spells wide open. Rick has been taken to Madison Square Garden and begs with the Hulk. Gladiator fights are insane. Rick's pleas fall on deaf ears. The matches will begin and let whoever dies, die well. Suddenly, Huron the Shade drops to the floor, attacked by an unseen assailant. Doctor Strange is back with maces for hands. Strange smash. Which is a great final line. I actually love all that. But this is great. <laughs> this after last week where I thought we were really going to love it. And then this, which is just smash. Yeah. This is brilliant. I really like this. The opening of the story does a really good job of summing up why Ross hates the Hulk. Seen through his eyes, the Hulk is a threat. He even allows for why we sympathise with the Hulk, but Ross is ultimately seen as not being a raving madman, but quite correct in his chosen path. The Hulk has shown up with a view to destroying things, maybe even crushing the planet, if he didn't get his own way. The irony of it being the same people who gave him a statue, which is a nice callback to Hulk issues, around 279. Granted, Ross's solution involves making even more of a mess than the Hulk did, but what's really good about that, Romita Jr. captures the feel of those old comics from around, like, say, issue 279-280, but it's the colouring with the printing dots. Yeah. That page just looks so completely different to everything else. Mm. It's really good, isn't it? Just that page on its own with those two panels are great, though. Mm. They, they represent everything Ross hates about the Hulk. Yeah. That at one point he was lauded as a hero and given a statue, and then he, and just... then he uses the statue in a fight yeah, against Thor. Against Thor. It's really good. Because really he's, like he's not wrong. No, no, well, see, this is the best... The best thing about the Hulk was when it was that Ross wasn't portrayed as just a, a, a raving villain. Yeah. When he was actually portrayed as being right. Mm. That, you know, if he did go on a rampage, he could do untold damage. 
yeah. bringing him in is the right thing to do. Um, but we always sympathise with the Hulk because we know his side of the story. Yeah. And in this particular story, I don't know that Ross is right. He doesn't support Reed and, and Doctor Strange and Iron it's Man. It's just a personal grudge. Oh yeah, at this point, it's, he's his Moby Dick, isn't he? He's his yeah. white whale. Is that is what he is, and he's Captain Ahab mm. at this point. I mean, if if this story ever ended, which it won't, because it's American serialized comics. But if it did, Ross's pursuit of the Hulk would be the death of him. And I think it has been at various different points in the comic, and he just got better. Little Red Hulk. Yeah, Red Hulk. Which... That's one of the better things about the Hulk, because mm. he has an ongoing, but he's not under the spotlight like say Spider-Man is. Yeah. So. You can take Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, and then the Red Hulk stuff, and they're all... Yeah. It's all one big story, but they're all separate stuff. Mm. And I think there's a lot of freedom to tell in a Hulk story. Yeah, I think... to anything else. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's something... There's a benefit to the fact that the Hulk has only ever really had the one title. Mm. That means there's been times when they've tried to give him a spin-off, like the Rampaging Hulk and Savage Hulk and stuff like that, but they've never lasted. Yeah. So the fact that with the whole, even though they've renumbered it, which is slightly confusing, because one of the things I was looking at with this was I did want to dig out the issues of the Incredible Hulk that were happening while this was happening, because apparently they do fill in some of the fights. Yeah. So like the fight we, with Hercules is one that. panel in this. Have we? We first read this in the British reprint so we did. of My World of Marvel. And they they collected in, uh, the titles. And we don't have them anymore, do we? Because they followed Rick Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So I did want to dig them out again, but the numbering system's just so confusing at that point. Yeah. Is it back to issue 80 whatever, or is it 615? Was that or? not when they did the two numbers together? Yeah. And I, I couldn't find if they'd ever done a trade paperback right. of the stuff that run concurrently with this. Because yeah. I wanted to read the Hulk versus Hercules fight. Mm. I wanted to, to see that. I thought that would be really good. And Greg Pak wrote them all. Yeah. So this is another thing where it... it it does benefit, like you say, from being a single title with a single writer. Mm. This wasn't crossing up. I mean, I think there may have been World War Hulk tie-ins, but the main Incredible Hulk title was written by Greg Pak. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. The thing that the Hulk has never been popular enough to have four different books has, benefited has ultimately benefited him as a, as a character, I think. Ross's missiles are made out of adamantium. I didn't know adamantium. Does that mean that Wolverine can carve the Hulk up? Well, yeah, yeah, it's hasn't he in that title yeah. file issue. He, he scratched his face, didn't he? So, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, Doctor Strange manages to gain access to the Hulk's mind, which has been his plot earlier on. All along, sorry. Earlier on, he said he needed a hero to penetrate the Hulk's defences, a hero that could defeat and redeem the Hulk. Is it therefore deliberate that that's General Ross? I don't know. Is that, is that just a nice little touch that Greg Pak's thrown in, that the guy that would ultimately defeat and redeem him is the guy who hates him the most? So you were thinking it was going to be Rick or somebody like that and it ends up being General Ross. Could be. I thought that was a really cool touch. Mm. And I, I can't assume it's not intentional. Yeah, yeah. Given the, the, the way the rest of it seems to have been thought out. There's a lot of... The battleground between Doctor Strange and the Hulk is the Hulk's mind, which is the first place we see Doctor Banner. Yeah, well, you know what I think's really great about this? What? The way he shrinks and the armour. Yeah. Like, because his big arm is massive in comparison and slunks down. His headband, like, falls down as a necklace. Yeah. That's, there's really neat touches. Really good subtle things. Yeah, I agree with that. And I like the page where, where Banner is thinking about Sierra. Kiara, whatever. 
again, he just he mixes up the art style a bit, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Is it is that the colouring? It could be, yeah. It's just line art with bright colouring. So it's like, has Jansen not inked that as heavily? I, I don't know. It, it, it just looks like line art, but with a watercolour-y effect on mm. it. It is. It's really good. I really like what and he's it's done nice that. that she's not... His, his wife, dead wife, isn't in this, but she's the driving force behind mm. everything. Which reminds you of the TV pilot. Yeah. In the TV pilot, they rewrote the origins of the driving force for what he did was his wife's death. Right. So I thought that was a nice little nod to the TV show as well. Mm. The driving force for this entire story is his wife's death. Right, okay. I thought that was a nice little... I don't, I don't know if that was intentional. Yeah. But it could be. Mm. It's, it's, you know... I, I, we should get in touch with Greg Pack and ask him. <laughs> that would be nice. It's all a trick. The Hulk let Strange in so that he can actually prevent him from bothering him. The Hulk crushing his hands... Is... Is... Brutal. Yes, absolutely. Because in crushing his hands in the dreamscape... Yeah. has him crush them in reality and then you've got that really good bit where the form of the Hulk in the spell that Strange is casting actually speaks to him mm. and it, when Strange says I was trying to help and he just says you helped it enough mm. I didn't necessarily get that it was all a ruse I did get that it's chipping away at him yeah but, see I thought he was playing it um I suppose. But I, I, I just read as he's doubting himself, but ultimately he's here with a goal and yeah. he won't stop until he's achieved it. Yeah. All right. Okay. It works both ways. Yeah. You can read it as the Hulk's playing him or whatever. But yeah, it does work. I, I have been and always shall be your friend. Yeah. Not the first parallel to Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan, which we'll talk about. Uh, which is Moby Dick. Which is Moby Dick. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like that he's played both of them into the same thing because I really do like that Korg as we get later on is basically the one who says we could stop now yeah you know you've got everything you want which is Joaquim in Star Trek 2 mm. and I presume there's a parallel character in, in Moby Dick and if you you basically if the, if you basically play the Hulk is Khan Korg is Joaquim and General Ross is Captain Kirk yeah and okay. it works doesn't it mm. and again like I said, there's probably a parallel character in Moby Dick as well. So you've got the Moby Dick parallels going on, you've got the Star Trek 2, the Wrath of Khan stuff going on. A Rick, a, Rick Ishmael Jones. Yeah, and yeah. so this it, it's really good, isn't it? Mm. There's a lot more, that's what I think I liked about it. There's a lot more to it than I thought there was going to be. Even I've read it before. Yeah. It was quite a while ago. Uh, the president scene is really funny. The president comes off as a bit of a... Well, he is supposed to be... It, the president at this time was George W. Bush. Right, OK. So you can read into that whatever you want to read into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally liked that they don't show his face or mention his name. I always like it when they do that in comics. I do, because it means I'm reading this now, however many years after this was first published. What, nine years if this came out? 2007, 2008? Yeah. And... The, the fact that the president as depicted in the comic is now not the president anymore yeah the fact that you don't see him doesn't date the comic like do you remember when Captain Britain met Prime Minister Gordon Brown yes and do you remember do when, you remember when Gordon Brown was Prime Minister <laughs> and it was only for five minutes or when Ronald Reagan met Superman yeah when we did Legends mm. and you're like you read that now and you go okay Ronald Reagan was president. Yeah, and it's like, and he's just met Superman. So that clearly dates this story as we 1985. Yeah. So I, I, I actually honestly prefer it when they don't see the face. I guess it's neat when it's jokey things. 
Like, yeah, like with the Nixon thing in Captain America in the yeah. 70s, where he was the head of the Serpent Society. Right, okay. So they did all of that. But for the most part, I'd rather... Do you know what I like? I would like them to have fictional presidents. Yeah, Because okay. why would the Marvel Universe have the same president that we have? They just have a shared universe yeah. president, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I think you could do more with... Like when Lex Luthor became president. Originally, I didn't like that idea. But there was a story... Yeah, but the that. more I thought about it, the more I did like it. Yeah. Because it's like, well, it's a fictional universe. You don't have to have the same president. Wasn't Captain America president? Captain... Was, was, was that, that a, the Ultimate Universe? No, was that an Elseworlds thing? It may have been. In the real one, John Byrne and Roger Stern did that issue where he was trying to be convinced to run for president. But he didn't want to. But ultimately he's like, nah, yeah. not for me. I don't know, it may have been the Ultimate Universe where they, they actually did that. I do love the bit where the Hulk, just after he crushes Doctor Strange, he just goes completely and utterly wild. Mm. And completely untethered, it does not take him but four pages to subjugate the entire Marvel Universe. Which is perhaps the biggest example of, of all that the Hulk was only a threat if we threatened him. Yeah. Left alone, none of this would have happened. Like a shark. Yeah, pretty much. It keeps moving. And I, 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 Again, it goes back to the extremist thing. You've got, what, four pages here of very little dialogue, just action. Yeah. But in this case, it's good action. And he does that thing I love... The Were sonic you, clap. Yeah, yeah, the sonic clap. I love that. <laughs> I've always loved that. It's like the Godzilla lightning beam yeah. thing, yeah. Because I think Superman's done that as well, but it's never quite as cool when Superman does it. No yeah. offence, Superman fans. <laughs> I mean, I love Superman, but it's just cooler when the Hulk does it. I suppose, yeah. Because it's a signature move. Mm. The Hulk always used to do that thunderclap thing. General Ross shooting him in the eye! Yeah, even... The Hulk, being as strong as he is, yeah. has just lost an eye. Yeah, did, has he, though? Is it just not just smoking? Because he gets it back, doesn't he? Yeah. He's not, is, well, it, is it not like that bit in Superman Returns? You don't have to be shot in the eye to lose one. <coughs> just the, the recall blast. Yeah. I, I mean, that is... He shoots him point blank in the face. Yeah, he's, he? he's lost an eye. Yeah. I mean, he gets it back. Because, you know, he's the Hulk. Although the Hulk with an eye patch. Like, patch. Yeah. <laughs> so at the Hulk, right, after all this, he's Bruce Banner and he's off in the Utah desert with an eye patch. <laughs> he's, he's in a diner and says, so what do I call you, stranger? Call me Patch. <laughs> hey, you work for Wolverine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and nobody recognised him with the eye patch. <laughs> Which is quite possible. It's ridiculous. And people mock Clark Kent specs. Yeah. It's just <laughs> ridiculous and stupid. Isn't it? Uh, the heroes, when they're all trapped in uh, Madison Square Garden, are all Plisky. controlled by... Yeah, <laughs> Snake Plissken. All controlled by the obedience discs. And the Hulk wants them to fight to the death. He could name his own price for this, couldn't he? Yeah. If the Hulk was even interested in money. And I like that all these people have come back... Just to watch Just the fight. to watch the fight. I love that it's in Madison Square Garden, a yeah. boxing arena. Yeah, I thought that was really quite cool. Did the obedience discs, did they not just seem like just... Oh, a, they're a plot contrivance. Yeah, yeah. But you, it's kind of one of those plot contrivances that you turn a blind eye to because you need to get the story to this point. Yeah. And he needs to be able to have them all the so they can't just attack him again. And so, all right, fair enough. I'll go with it. Mm. I'll, I'll accept it. Because we don't know what technology they've got on Shakar, do we? I suppose. So, yeah. I, I, I don't mind that. It didn't bother me. Strange Smash was a great line. Mm. I like that a great that, that Zom thing kind of... It seemed a bit silly to me. Don't you think? It, to it, consider it, the it, source. 
I suppose. I did like the panel where he drinks the thing with his wrist. Yeah, because he's not got his hands. Yeah, that was I, I like that as Zon Doctor Strange, he's got like maces for hands. Yeah. Because his hands have been crushed. So, wouldn't it have been. I, I, I don't know, but if he used Dormammu or something? Maybe he didn't want to unleash Dormammu. But he unleashes this. Yeah, which ends up just as badly for yeah, him. Yeah. So yeah, you, you, you have a point. It could have it could have just have easily been Dormammu. Uh, World War Hulk issue four. David Finch's cover for issue four is the Hulk sitting upon his throne, decked out in gladiatorial armour. As Black Bolt, Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man and Doctor Strange seem to be doing a little dance in front of him. <laughs> I think they're supposed to be fighting each other. But yeah. you don't really get that from the cover, do you? It kind of looks like... <laughs> do you remember Batman Beyond? Were they doing the same two? Yeah. 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 <laughs> when they go to the club with his girlfriend. It's just the same animation, just moving their eyes. <laughs> that's what it looks like they do. It looks like they're one of little dancers with no background, so that's fine. John Romita Jr.'s cover has Doctor Strange tackling the Hulk, and the other cover is a variant pencils version of the John Romita Jr. one. Again, the John Romita Jr. one's the better of the two. Yeah. I particularly like the purple colour of, of Doctor Strange's boats, his hex boats. The, um,. Ramita's drawn the Hulk as having a sword and a shield yeah that he doesn't use at all in the story no but and again he's, he's done it on more than one cover as well yeah which is no it's fine again I, I, I don't know if this is still true but it used to be back in the day they would prepare the covers without necessarily knowing what the story was going to be because you need the three month solicitation yeah. so basically you may have something like Greg Packer said well in issue four he fights Doctor Strange so he's run with that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just draw me a cover and fight Doctor Strange in issue 5. He fights the Sentry. So he may have drawn the covers before he drew the actual issues. I actually think he looks really cool oh, with you know the Sword cool. and the Shield. The Ramita covers line up. Because the yeah, purple yeah. beams are on both covers, yeah. You are absolutely correct. The, the, if you put all five John Ramita variant covers together, you get one long big post. The time of day changes throughout as well. Yeah. As, oh, well, it progresses instead of changes. Yeah. That, well spotted that man mm. I have not spotted that that's brilliant isn't it yeah. for, for I kind of like, want to get the issues now yeah just so you can line them all yeah. up and see what they look like worst, worst case find them on the internet and then cut them all out and put them in publisher oh, yeah. <laughs> line them all up so you can have a look that's at. the picture for this episode yeah. oh yeah if I can find them all that's, that's well spotted mm. I didn't spot that yeah, okay. Very good. Very, very, very bad. Very good indeed. Uh, part four. Doctor Strange as Zom, it turns out, is an extra-dimensional demon, and Strange is struggling to control it. He battles the Warbound in Madison Square Garden and even manages to triumph of sorts. The Hulk decides to take action himself, but the fight spills out into the streets of New York when Doctor Strange punches him out of the arena. He crash lands near some civilian supporters and Strange follows, but Strange is having a tough time controlling Zom and his anger and power destroy a building that nearly kills the civilians. In an unusual move, it is the Hulk that saves their lives. This allows the Hulk time to regroup and he kicks Strange so hard he nearly ends up in the past. The Hulk pummels on Strange, bringing the Sorcerer Supreme down. Rick Jones, who seems to show up whenever something is happening, tries to appeal to the Hulk again by appealing to Banner, who must be in there to have saved those people. The Hulk says he is no longer Banner. Banner is the Hulk. Later, Madison Square Garden is home to the Battle of the Century. Reed, Tony, Strange and Black Bolt must answer for their crimes and were better than in the same gladiatorial combat the Hulk found himself in. After the public testify to these men's hubris, the Hulk declares the fights begin. The first battle against the Sakaran monster is joined and won. 
The second battle against the Warbound does not go the hero's way. Tony manages to take over the robotic guards, but this just annoys the Warbound further. They control Strange to have him make Reed bring Tony down. With the crowd baying for blood, the Hulk has the final decision. Life or death. Elsewhere, the President of the United States has made contact with the Sentry, but it's Iron Man's words that resonate with him. It's time to play God. The Sentry takes off to make his presence known. Back in the arena, the Hulk also plays God. His decision is death. It's stretching credibility somewhat. And I know, I know what you're thinking, lovely listener, and you're right. Consider the story about which I'm speaking, but go with me on this. It's stretching credibility somewhat that the President of the United States would be flown directly over an ongoing war zone. Yeah. Can you imagine them doing that? Because no. I can't. No. I don't think Cameroon would be seen anywhere <laughs> where there is the possibility he could get his smug, fat face hurt. <laughs> Whereas this... Uh, I mean, I get why they did it, because he's actually flying to speak to the sentry directly, isn't he? Which is what Maria Hill has told him to do. Yeah. But essentially... But I'm sure he can fly around yeah, the arena. Instead of over Madison Square. I mean, what yeah. if the Hulk had just decided, I'm going to take that helicopter down. <laughs> Do you think Hulk charges the people who come watching the fights? No, it's just... For, for the different tiers. It's like, yeah, general admission. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the cheap seats. Yeah. <laughs> Jangle your jewellery. <laughs> Actually, that's quite good. Given what happens in Madison Square Garden, the warband get their asses kicked. Strange tosses the Hulk out of Madison Square Garden. It would have been quite funny if the Hulk had hit the helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> But we don't want to do that because we don't have to help kill anyone. That's true. So, that's all right. It seems even more unlikely that any prominent politicians would be anywhere near this. Yeah. Doctor Strange mm. is the worst in this story. There's definitely a parallel between him and his uncontrollable power to the Hulk and his controlled power. Oh, yeah, because the, there's actually that line of dialogue, isn't there, where the Hulk, Strange, tells the Hulk this much anger and power is hard to control. Yeah, but... So the Hulk set up his fights in Madison Square Garden, mm. a confined, confined arena area, yeah. that Doctor Strange throws him out of and yeah. threatens civilians. Yeah, well, this plays into what you were saying earlier on. Every single decision they make makes it worse. And Doctor Strange makes, what, two or three bad decisions in this story? Yeah. Reed Richards won. Iron Man won. You know, all the, the bad guys make their own bad decision. And this Doctor Strange keeps trying and messing up. Yeah, Doctor Strange doesn't know He just needs to, to sit down and just <laughs> let it play out. So, so speaking to him directly didn't work. So, so now I'll fight him directly. Uh, that didn't work. So, so what I'll do is I will make contact with a, a real demon that is very hard to control. This will work fine. At no point does Wong say, "You may want to think this through, Doc." Yeah, just 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 watch it through the astral plane. <laughs> Let it play out. Yeah, yeah if, if we need you, <laughs> we'll get into it. Let, let your hands heal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it is strange who nearly kills the civilians. Yeah. And it's the Hulk that saves them. I mean, I get that you need that parallel of who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Yeah. But it's a bit... Just just sit down, Doc. Just sit down, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, you are You are basically setting up the other heroes of the Marvel U to com- be completely inept. Mm. And like you said, Doctor Strange just keeps being an ex. <laughs> I mean, he won't kill him, but he'll unleash a demon from that hell. might kill himself <laughs> and some others over Yeah, that might take him over. <laughs> so this demon from hell has the, pi- the power of the Sorcerer Supreme, 
And no, no point, Doctor Strange, did you think this may actually be a little bit more dangerous than what the Hulk's doing? Well, I won't kill, but if this demon possesses me and does kill, well, that's not necessarily my fault. <laughs> I was going to say, does that make it my responsibility? <laughs> I think not. I mean, I don't have any hands, so it's not like they died by my hand. You know, somebody would, would turn around and say, do you not realise it's this kind of woolly thinking that got us in this mess? Can you imagine Matt Murdock trying to defend these... <laughs> I think you'd so, have more so, success defending the Hulk. Yeah, so you drank a demon and... Okay. <laughs> and you thought this was a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you're, you're, you are right. You, you know, there's, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with what you say. Uh, the Rick Jones stuff is an interesting character study. One-time member of the Teen Brigade, sex symbol of the ham radio set, and part-time partner to both the Hulk and Captain America, it makes sense that Rick would be not only the former Captain Marvel, but would also be the one to reach the Hulk in ways the others can't. I did. I loved that bit where he says, "You are Banner," when calling him out on saving those people, and the Hulk retorting, "No, Banner is me." Yeah. So there's none of that Hulk hate puny Banner anymore. He has essentially become a complete person. Yeah. Banner's a part of him, he acknowledges that, but I'm now the Hulk and Banner is a part of me. Yeah. Banner doesn't become the Hulk anymore, the Hulk becomes Banner. Yeah, yeah. Which we see only twice during this entire story. Mm. I mean, you, you only see him once in Planet Hulk. You do, don't you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, so Bruce Banner is barely a part of the story, which is why I don't think this will ever become a film. Because it'd be Matt Ruffalo would just be the Hulk throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Which which wouldn't be a bad thing, because Ruffalo is playing both. Yeah. He's the first actor to do that, isn't he? It's quite interesting that Bruce Banner, the person, has now become become the, or the, the split personality yeah. rather than the other way around. Yeah. I mean, I suppose they, they could establish on Sakaar... Maybe they could do a story where Ruffalo Hulk gains intelligence of the Hulk body, and then he goes to Planet Hulk for Sakaar. Yeah. So then Ruffalo would be playing the Hulk, but he would be playing it, he'd be able to speak and, and communicate. Well, how much of him is Banner? Was was it the Hulk or was it the Banner or was it Banner who was in love with the woman and married and that? Yeah, that's a good so point. So is Banner just as angry as the Hulk is? Yeah, because in the, the Mindscape thing, it's Banner who's thinking about Sierra. Yeah. Kiara. Isn't it? Not the Hulk. Mm. So yeah, so the Hulk is right, but uh, they have become a complete entity at this point. Yeah, there is no war between the two of them. It's yeah, that's a really nice touch that I hadn't thought about. That. But the, with the Rick Jones thing, hmm. it could have been just as easy. And I was expecting it to go this way. Yeah, it, Rick Jones was there from the start. Yeah, but it could have just been as easy for the Hulk to turn around and say, "Yes, but you were responsible for me." Yeah, which and they have done before, I think. Yeah, and the Hulk never throws that in his face. Yeah, it's like if if I hadn't, you know, come out and saved your goddamn life, I wouldn't exist. So, is the Hulk so maybe they should have had a line of dialogue there then, where the Hulk says, "So maybe I should be thanking you." Yeah, because I wouldn't be here now. Mm. They never really played with that idea. As far as I know, they may have played with it in issues I've not read. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's a good point. That, but uh, the, there's an interesting what's here. Banner saves Rick's life, which led to him becoming the Hulk. What happens at the end of the story? Rick yeah, saves yeah. the Hulk's life yeah. and almost pays for it. That's a lovely little parallel. Mm. I'll, we'll get to it. I'll mention it when we get to it. Um, I, did, I also really enjoyed the two pages where real people testify against the actions of Reed and uh, Tony yeah. and Strange and Black Bolt. My only problem with that yeah. was you have some real good 
the first two hmm. where it's they play into previous stories yeah are really good the last one when it's when it called back to the same like the last issue yeah and it's just the hippie woman that to me that kind of what well, it, it it was a powerful two-thirds that was let down by a bit of a silly last part yeah because the, the, this is civil war the, the the middle panel is civil war isn't it when bill foster's killed yeah the first one was, was the, liar. the return of the inhumans or something it may have been where um the the, the black bolt declared war in america and tore my husband's head off yeah and so that yeah those bits were really powerful i didn't mind the hippie woman he drank the soul of a demon nearly killed us all because she's not wrong she's not I just felt it didn't the first two cleverly worked in previous stories mm. where I felt like referring to itself wasn't as strong yeah. it's just as relevant but yeah. not as strong and the the middle panel where it's Bill Foster's um, nephew actually plays into what you were saying earlier on that every decision they've made has just made it yeah. worse they cloned Thor yeah and it takes this bloke here to say that was a dumb idea. Yeah, and it's they've got no one to blame for this. No. And because they've made mistakes and committed crimes, but because of their power, have gotten away with it. Yeah. But now the law, Hulk's yeah. law, has caught up with them. Yeah. Well, this is one of the things that Marvel Comics have never really shied away from, is the political ramifications of their actions. Mm. And from a certain point of view, Obi-Wan, uh, these people have a point. Cloning Thor probably was a stupid idea. You know, letting Civil War escalate as it did was on Iron Man's shoulders. Well, what's interesting is Iron Man became the law. Yeah, he did. But now that's kind of caught up to him. There's an even longer arm around him. Yeah, the Hulk. And even the the hippie chick at the end, which you're mentioning about, if you think about it, you think it through... Doctor, what Doctor Strange does when he's tackling demons and all of that, yeah. there, there are religious factions that would probably have a problem with it. Yeah, with a magician yeah. using demons to fight. Yeah, yeah. so the, the, that that's probably why it didn't bother me. I mean, I get what you're saying. She's a bit more comical than the other two, even though she's drawn to look very sinister with her goth well, eyeliner. Yeah, a thousand mums would definitely have yeah. a problem with Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, well, well not not just them though. Yeah. Not, not just your fringe elements. You've, you've got, like, half the church who would be... Yeah, who probably just wouldn't be behind what, what he was doing. What about Matt Murdock, a, a Catholic? Yeah. Would he Would he really approve what Doctor Strange does? I mean, on the one hand, he can argue, I keep those forces at bay. And, you know, Matt Murdock could be like, yeah, okay, but, but what he's, happens... he's used to one in this story, yeah. yeah. What happens if this happens again and you don't control it? Yeah. So there's all those ramifications that the Marvel Universe has never been afraid of exploring, which what made it so interesting. And, and as the Marvel Universe has expanded, you, you've lost some of that real-world point of view. J. Jonah Jameson used to represent that side of it, but now we've got a Spider-Man where Murray Jane is hanging around with Iron Man and she's going to have a suit and yeah. everybody knows has superpowers. We're the real people. You get to the point like the X-Men. When everyone's a mutant, yeah. what was the real people? One, like... I remember when I did Infinite Crisis for Michael Bailey, mm. and he said, in the DC Universe, you have all of these events. Why aren't regular civilians, civilians like, just killing themselves and that just to get away from these events? Well, you think about it, in the Marvel Universe, Galactus rocks up. Yeah, it's like, Would you not be like, holy shit? And that's, that's why I think 
Marvel's mm. is stronger than any event Marvel and DC have done because it's a real world looking up from story, the people on yeah. the street. Like, what would it be like for Galactus to rock up? So, yeah, I may look a bit goofy, but I'm here to eat your world. Yeah, because we're superheroes looking down. Yeah, and it's it's just it's it's stronger to look up. Yeah, I mean, I know you read comics for that escapism. Yeah, but sometimes it's just as strong to read it from. Yeah, well, that, that, essentially that's what Marvel did in the early days and that they expanded on throughout the 70s. Yes, there was fantasy, but it was grounded in a real world. Like Spider-Man was just pulp stories, yeah, but with that but twist. But with, with a superheroic twist. Mm. And sometimes that's... The shared universe is interesting and fun, but sometimes it's interesting to explore it from the point of view of like the Hulk TV show where he's the only fantastical thing in that world. Yeah. Because it gives it a grounding. And that isolation. Yeah. So I think I think Marvel's got away from that recently. Mm. It's like they focus more on the super and not the human. Yeah. And even now now that Spider-Man's been Tony Stark, I mean, I presume at some point this storyline will end, even though it feels like it's going on forever. Is Dan Slot still on the book? Yep. But it's it's now at the point where he's not really relatable anymore. Yeah. Batman's relatable in a wish fulfillment kind of way. If you're one of those people who wish your parents had been shot dead before your eyes and your eyes. <laughs> And People romanticise yeah, us. And, and Iron Man's relatable in a similar way, but he's still got that fatal flaw. Yeah. That, you know, the, in the early days anyway, that shard of metal was moving towards his heart. Mm. Superman's pure wish fulfilment, in the sense that, yeah, he's a normal schlub with a job that he hates going to sometimes, and he's got to get up in the morning and go to work, but if only you knew, Lois, <laughs> when he takes off the glasses and rips open the shirt. And I think they've lost some of that human element. That's, that's Certainly the new 52 feels like it's lost yeah. that as well. Let's well, not just pin the blame on Marvel. I mean, I always... That's why I really like Animal Man. Because hmm. he's, a, he's a family guy. Yeah. And it's why I've always liked Invincible. But he is a family yeah. guy. Because with Invincible, apart from the superpowers, yeah. that's me in like two, three years. Yeah. Well, if you go back and read the early issues... Even then, I was in primary school when I read the first Invincible, and now I'm in university and he's... So, well, this is the thing with Invincible. It's... Kirkman is going to age him, isn't he? Yeah, and I've grown up with him, yeah. so he's my equivalent of Spider-Man. Yeah, but the thing is, Kirkman's not going to stop. He will hit 30, he will hit 40, I presume. that's with independence. Yeah, because yeah. he does not beholden to anybody else. Mm. Yeah. Right, we should do some more Invincible, I think, at some point. Um, this story is also a testament to how quickly a baying crowd can become a bloodthirsty mob. Yeah. Although the gladiatorial fights are exceptionally well realised. The, the Racklars or whatever they yeah. call the Star Wars. Yeah. Which is... I was expecting Kanja Club to show up. What? How did they get that monster in there? <laughs> this, that was a bit... I mean, it's, it's fun to read, but yeah. it's a bit silly. <laughs> I suggest you don't think about it, <laughs> and I won't either. That's fair. And you love the listener, you shouldn't think about that too much either. It's a giant squid tentacle monster that's just rocked out of Madison Square Garden. Did he, did he bring them with them on the stone starship? Yeah, he's, he's rocking up for the encore. <laughs> uh. Yeah, he's waiting for Bruce Springsteen to do the encore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why he's in Madison Square Garden. Blue Batmans. <laughs> uh, really good stuff. The, the last bit where the sentry says um, it's time to play God. <laughs> the sentry gets called a psycho by the president. <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> I, love, I love this. i got to do this face-to-face with a nutcase with the power of a million exploding suns. <laughs> oh, 
was funny. Yeah, it's funny stuff. I really, I really like. It. I, I love how deceptive Iron Man is. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I completely understand you don't want to do this, but think of what could happen if you don't, and you sit on your ass, and these people die. He's a manipulator. No, I understand. Scumbag. I understand that you don't want to do it, but th- think about it. <laughs> I understand you don't want to do it, but here's what happens if you don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, and you know the, the the gladiatorial fights at the end, exceptionally well done. I do like that they play off the sentry deciding it's time to play God against the Hulk playing God, doing the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Yeah, from uh, the Hulk's going to get stabbed and yeah. at two sentry. <laughs> well, that's what they're playing with, isn't it? The yeah. Sentry's his friend. The Sentry's going to be the one who has to go up against him. They're playing with all of that. Mm. That's what I mean about how how deep the story is. We've compared it to two. Yeah. Other stories. Yeah, you've you've got some literature equivalents, mm. and you've, you've historical, historical yeah. parallels, and then at the heart of it, just big green monsters kicking the shit out. At of the each heart other. of it, a story of friendship. Yeah, pretty much, but with big green monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's be honest. Wait, what story is not improved? That's true. With a, how much better would Coronation Street be with the Incredible Hulk in it? <laughs> how awesome! Would an episode of EastEnders be if just in the middle of an episode for no reason Hulk comes smashing into Albert Square? Like, Did you sleep with my boyfriend? <laughs> dun, yeah, dun, all, all dun, this dun, is going on. Dun, Sentry dun. comes in, big fight in the background while some boring melodramas played out in the Queen Vic. <laughs> like that, that episode of the train crash, yeah. it's just the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. Come on, that would be brilliant. Yeah. I think that would be fantastic. It's the next episode, like the Avengers rebuilding the Rover's Return. <laughs> America just pops in and says, right, we've finished laying all the cobbles, we'll be off now. Oh, cheers, Cap! You don't want a pint? Got some great pork scratchings. Oh, Betty's hot pot. That'd be really good for you, that wouldn't it, Cap? I bet that'd kill you. America's clueless as to what it means. no clue what a hot pot is. And it ends with a post-credit sequence for that issue of episode of Coronation Street. So all the Avengers sat in the rovers, returned stuff in the face on Betty's hot pot. <laughs> and Thor going verily this is good <laughs> a feast for the gods I feel like only half of our listeners will <laughs> I, do you know what I don't care I think we've just improved Coronation Street our East End's immeasurably yeah that's true <laughs> or they use Emmerdale Farm as an isolated fight I would just substitute days of our lives for Coronation Street principle's the same thing isn't it? last of the summer <laughs> That's not a soap. I, said, I know, but could you imagine last of the summer? <laughs> <laughs> crashing through Nora Batty's washing line. <laughs> the vicar of Dibley talking to Doctor Strange. <laughs> All these crossovers just write themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the vicar of Dibley arguing theology with Doctor Strange. Of Father Ted talking to Matt Murdock. <laughs> that, that would... Father Dougal talking to Matt Murdock. <laughs> Can you imagine Murdoch going to confession and it's Dougal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, should we cover issue five before we just go really off the reservation? We need to pitch these ideas. I, I think we do. Someone out there will want to watch these. These are cross. Would the rights issues not be a nightmare? I don't know. Especially now you're dealing with Disney. I, know, I don't true. think Disney would want the Incredible Hulk showing up on Emmerdale. Would you? I don't know. Uh, I know I'd want it if I was I, I would definitely want it. If I was Disney, then... Yeah. If I was Disney, I would not hesitate to throw money at us <laughs> to develop this as a script. <laughs> yeah, true. If you're listening, Disney, we're, we're not giving you these ideas for free. We won't pay it. 
if we turn on the TV like next week and they've taken our idea and not paid I us, will not, we've got recorded evidence exactly. that we pitched it first. That holds up in a course of law. Yeah. yeah, especially the date stamp. That's true. Mm. Issue five of World War Hulk, which did not involve a world war, but did involve a Hulk. Uh, the David Finch cover is the Hulk versus the Sentry. It's really ugly. It is very ugly, but it's a good ugly. Do you like it? I'm, I think, I think I'm not it works. sold on that one, I don't think. It works, I think. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Alright. Uh, the John Romita Jr. cover is the Hulk versus the Sentry. Yeah. <laughs> it's very clean compared to the Finch one. Yeah. And the, the, the other ones, the pencils vary. It's, yeah, it's, they are what they are in that case, aren't they? Yeah. Two big slugs, there's nothing wrong with them. Um, yeah, I, I think the David Finch one's a little bit too. Oh no, he's, like, his back arm looks a bit wrong. I guess. I think it looks stronger than the uh, Romita one. You think? Yeah. Okay. Because even with the ugliness of Hulk's face, it's all the power of the punch that's doing that to him. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. Okay. Either one works. Uh, chapter 5. As Reed tries to fight the obedience disc, the Hulk calls truce. He's here for justice, not for murder. The whole world knows what Reed Richards, Black Bolt, Tony Stark and Stephen Strange are. Liars, traitors and killers. Tony tells the Hulk to stop. He's not being rational. They haven't killed anyone either. This is his last chance to surrender. The Hulk mocks his words just as the sentry smashes into him, turning him out of Madison Square Garden and out into New York. Buildings are brought down, streets destroyed by their battle, a battle between friends. The Hulk tells the sentry he doesn't want this fight. The sentry does, however, as the Hulk is the only one he can really hit. As the Hulk and the sentry pound on each other, the heroes break free of the disobedience discs. The sentry, an acrophobic schizophrenic, lets loose with unimaginable power, the power of a million exploding suns. Tony and Reed try to access the satellites that should now be back online with the Hulk's stone ship down. They need to stop what they have unleashed. The Hulk argues technology can't stop the sentry, only the Hulk. As the Hulk and the Sentry pound in each other relentlessly, the Hulk points out that we always have a choice. Saviour, Destroyer, we decide who we are going to be. The power levels drain from their bodies, leaving only Robert Reynolds and Bruce Banner. Bruce delivers the final blow. Reynolds falls. With this move, the Hulk has consolidated both parts of himself, the World Breaker and the Redeemer, Banner and the Hulk. Miek is not happy about this and rushes into bringing the Hulk back, stabbing Rick Jones through the chest as Rick pushes Banner out of the way. Bruce hulks out, smashing Miek to the floor. Korg tries to stop him as Warbound do not fight themselves and Miek was his first friend. But Miek says Rick was the Hulk's first friend. As the Hulk pounds on Miek, Miek says that the Hulk always needed reminding of who he is. Miek does it here as he did on Sakaar. Miek saw the people loyal to the Red King plant the bomb on the stone ship, and he let them do it. The Hulk wanted peace, but what use is peace for a warbound? Miek is prepared to die for the Hulk to be the Hulk. The Hulk is enraged, smashing and pummeling the ground, shaking the entire eastern seaboard. Do it, he cries, before I break the world. Tony accesses the Stark satellites and orders a full intensity blast as he runs past the Hulk. All four of the satellites respond as the Hulk rails against the skies, mourning the loss of Kiara. Always together, never apart. The barrage subsides, the dust settles. Lying in a crater, the fallen form of Bruce Banner. This, then, is the story of the Hulk and how he came home. Call him what you will, saviour, destroyer. All that matters 
is what you choose. And what S.H.I.E.L.D. choose is to cage Banner three miles beneath the Mojave Desert. But on the planet Sakaar, something stirs. Because it's not like we can have an ending. Yeah. These things just have to perpetually continue, don't they? Reinvented their own universe. Uh, once again, they unleash the century, and it causes more problems than the actual Hulk. Mm. So once again, the heroes have done something that they probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> It is a common... I had not noticed that that was a recurring theme until you pointed it out, and then you're like, yeah. (laughs) Every time they do something, it makes it worse. So, yeah, okay, fair enough. And that's that's kind of what they're going for, I guess. Yeah, I think it is one of those things like, I I didn't spot that till you pointed it out, and now I'm looking at it going, how could you not spot that? Yeah. It is quite an obvious thing. And for all the Smash, there has been some really interesting characters moments in this story, really good ones. Forefront of this is the opening where the Hulk surprises both Rick and the Warbound by not killing his foes. Yeah. And he he points out that they haven't killed anyone, which makes him real popular with everybody except the politicians and the superhero set. I don't have a lot of experience with Greg Pak, but I've been really impressed with how he's handled character and action in this story. Mm. And it's really been quite impressive. Um, and, And it's a good job that we've established that Manhattan's been evacuated. Because it's going to take them ages to rebuild this place after the carnage wrought in this story. Yeah. Or they'll just ignore it. That's true. It's it's kind of it's kind of weird and cool at the same time. Like you know they, they destroy buildings, whatever, cool. But they've destroyed Madison Square Garden, yeah. an established and real building. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of weird, but cool at the same time when you see that happen. Yeah, well, there's, there's that issue of Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man, where the Juggernaut destroys one of the World Trade Centers. Which is in poor taste nowadays. I suppose. But it's like, so that got destroyed and it was just rebuilt the next issue. Mm. See, that's your problem with your shared universe existing in a real world, isn't it? Yeah. They, as you point out, they've just destroyed Madison Square Garden here. Yeah. I suppose that they can make it to work with the story. Like, yeah. Like, that Pax Americana where they use the World Trade Centers to, yeah. for the story. But, like, do you think that the fact that Madison Square Garden was destroyed here was ever mentioned again? No. No. Because it's a story and you just yeah. have collateral damage that you yeah. don't think about. The the action sequences are really well done. I think Ramita's art gets a little bit looser Yeah. as we get towards the end. You can forgive it with it being just a fight. Yeah, and it does feel like there's, there's, you know he's relying on the colouring a lot here. And let's be honest, the story gets a lot looser these past couple of issues. Yeah, but there's still, there's still something there to chew on. Yeah, no, yeah. As you're enjoying the, the action, there's still little nuggets there for your brain to go, oh, yeah. that's nice. It? But it's, it's the ending, so it's going to be... And you, you, you know, these things end with a big fight. Yeah. That's, that's one of the limitations and pluses of the superhero genre. Ultimately, the problems are going to be solved by chucking people around and smashing some buildings. Yeah. And, you know, so that's essentially what happens at the end of this story. And the, the Warbound end up being noble which I didn't see coming. If it was just the heroes at risk, they would let them die. But the sentries put in the entire world at risk, so they rushed to save the civilians. Yeah. And I very much like that this shows the Hulk is not a killer. Well, I like the Warbound because they're gladiators and mm. they have that kind of respect and code that they live by. Yeah. I like that as well. Mm. I thought they were really cool. Another nice little character beat, Ross accusing the heroes of swapping one monster for another. The Hulk for the century. Again, playing into what you've been saying all the way through. 
that you know everything they do just makes it worse. Yeah, which is right. And it's it's fur comment. Reed and Tony do seem stupid here. They've been begging the Sentry to get involved all the way through, and then they're shocked by his power level. Mm. Surely they knew what they were were getting into. Yes. This this last bit here essentially proves everything the Hulk's been saying. from the start, the whole point about the Sentry was that his power level is unknown. Mm. He, He is a god, and so they're all scared of him. So basically, they've, unle- they've unleashed something of unimaginable power to stop the whole, without actually ever giving any thought to how they would stop that thing of unimaginable power. Yes. Well done, Tony. <laughs> you know, really clever. But the, the, and again, though, Greg Pat does a really good job of making the Sentry appear like a um, a tragic figure. Yeah, he's, he's that kind of Stan Lee character in that he has this godly power, but he's in a mentally unstable person. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it, it does play into that. He's revelling in his power of being able to let it loose at this level, because he's never been able to do that before. And he's seduced by the dark side Yeah, as he's doing it. Absolute power. Yeah, but he knows as well that he's doing it, which is what makes him tragic. He's actually wanting the Hulk to stop him because Mm. he knows he can't stop now he's let too much out it's really good and again you're right this is all Reed and Tony's fault but the thing is Reed at least feels humbled and ashamed by this in the Fantastic Four's book whereas Tony will just make another suit of armour that can beat the sentry Tony will just quip yeah and, and, and that'll be it and then the ending I thought the ending was quite effective in stopping the Sentry, the Hulk has proven the Sakaran prophecy true. He has become both the saviour and the breaker of worlds. Mm. And Banner is the Hulk, and the Hulk is Banner. Yeah. And there's, there's a lovely little... Everything's wrapped up at the end while still not having a proper ending. Yeah. Well, the reveal that it was just a bunch of guys and his, his mate saw it and let it happen. Mm. So the people who were loyal to the Red King... Yeah, it didn't feel... It wasn't a cop-out. No, I liked it. Because yeah. essentially what the Hulk's done here, he was wrong. Yeah, because as the reader you've witnessed what happened, so yeah. you're just as headstrong as the Hulk is yeah. going into this. But after all this, to realise that he's wrong... It's, he's been duped. There's no redeeming after this. Well, we don't know what happened in the Hulk book after this. It's this. Red Hulk after this. Is it? Yeah. Are you sure? I thought Red Hulk predated this. No. Because he's in prison in the beginning of Red Hulk. Was that, that not from put. something else? No. Oh, okay. So the prison he gets put into in this, yeah. he's still in, in Red Hulk. Alright, okay. So Red Hulk follows. So is Greg Pack, does Greg Pack leave action the Incredible Hulk and then come back? Because he's currently writing Totally Awesome Hulk. Which is Amadeus Chart. Yeah, he must have. Alright, okay, that's, that's fair enough. I, I didn't know that, but okay. Um, good parallel with Hulk number one, with Rick shoving Bruce out of the way yeah. to save him, which I thought was, was quite a nice touch, and that causes Banner to Hulk back out. Yeah, and I quite liked as well that I'm assuming his he wanted to stab Bruce yes. to make him turn back to, into the Hulk. Yeah, to make him so he got what he wanted, just... It's just not the way that he wanted it. Yeah. And I love that, that we actually get a proper Hulk out. Eyes go, dum, yeah. dip, 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 daddy. And I like as well that he sees him as the Hulk. Like, Bruce Banner is the fraud. 
Yeah. That's, 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 that's just so much to play with mm. in this story. There's just so much meat on the bone. And, you know, a number of Scarson sayings have been repeated throughout the story. Never stop making them pay. And we fight and, like, he who dies, die well. Both get paid off at the end. Yeah. Rick dies, kind of, saving the man who saved him and who has paid for it ever since. Mm. Oh, that was a lovely touch. Yeah. That he's been setting that up all the way through the story and then got to the end and paid off both those scenes in, in the two main characters, Rick Jones and Bruce Banner. Mm. This is really good. <laughs> I love it. Um, Miek is one of those people, and we all know him, sees no profit in peace. Yeah. So he basically just wants to keep him being well, the whole living to fight. Yeah. He can't live in peace. He's got yeah, he's got nothing else to do. And when you look at the advancements man's made, it's hard to argue many of them haven't come in a time of war. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's got a point. Uh, that's, it's it's the Hulk as well. Yeah. The Hulk can't know peace. No. Whether it's through choice or not. Because that's who he is. Mm. And those around him. Yeah. All Hulk wanted was to be left alone, but would Ross leave him alone? No. Did Reed leave him alone? Yeah. Did Tony leave him alone? No, they fired him off to another planet. To so be alone, ostensibly. Is the Hulk a truly peaceful character, but those around him won't let him? Very good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the part of the character, right there. Hmm? Yeah, very good. I like that. Uh, the ending to this chapter, and that's what it is, it's another chapter in the life of the Hulk's ongoing storyline is satisfying. I have seen some people say they didn't like this ending, but I, I think it worked. Yeah. It's like, how else would you end it? The Sentry and the Hulk were each other out. Tony Stark's manipulating everything to his advantage, and it works for this story. Rick's stabbing is a shock. I honestly didn't see that coming, but we don't see him die. No. Which, again, works. Because he he's turned into he a becomes, bomb. Yeah, he, yeah, he's A-bombing the Red Hulk stuff, isn't he? Yeah. Right, yeah, so Red Hulk must be after this. Because that's, yeah. See, that's another thing that's beyond this. Everyone's now a Hulk. Yeah. Which goes into what we were talking about earlier on. There's a lot of call and response in this episode. <laughs> People are going to think we planned this. <laughs> which we didn't, because it just kind of happens, which, which is okay. Um, the ending's quite beautiful. I think that where we have a Hulk who has made peace with his two sides, only to have that torn away from him when he finds out the real source of his pain. And I actually think, I think he wanted to die here. None of this would have happened without you. I'll hate you forever. Almost as much as I hate myself. Yeah. Well, what I like about the most about this is the Hulk, he, he can't redeem himself. Yeah. And he knows that. Yeah. So there's only one way out of it. To die. Yeah. And he's in the radiation chamber like the end of Star Trek 2. Mm. So there you go, there's another yeah. Star Trek 2 parallel. And then... Ultimately, he gets so worn out, he's just Bruce Banner. And it's just that look of... Contentment yeah. on his face. As he gets carted away by S.H.I.E.L.D. and locked up three miles below the Mojave Desert. Where he's put to sleep in a Baxter tank. Mm. I'd have then, ended it, though. Yeah, I'd have ended it, though. I think you could lose that last page and that it is a much more satisfying end. But then you're setting up Scar, Son of Hulk, though. Is that what's next? Yeah, so that must have been... That was Greg Pack's thing. Red Hulk, yeah. yeah, so Greg Pack carried on writing Scar, Son of Hulk, didn't they? Mm. And this makes me want to carry on and read it. I've never read it. Who's in the background, though? Is it... Is that a banner? No, it's What's-Her-Face. Is that a Kiera? She's got the squiggly lines on her head. Yeah, right. So that's really good, isn't it? Mm. So, the, so yeah, it just sets up what's going to happen next, but... This is comics, yeah. isn't it? Um, 
my buddy Matt Evans on Facebook, hi Matt, called this low on plot, high on smash. Mm. And he's right. Yeah. And he's also said there is nothing wrong with that. And he's right about that as well. But there's actually a bit more to the story than that. Yes, there's a lot of smash. But there's so many great character moments. The Hulk is both the hero and the villain of his own story. He are pitted against people he considers bigger villains. And the Warbound are characterised really well. Not bloodthirsty warriors, but beings of honour. And, you know, the, the sheer scope of this story lends itself to just page after page of really cool combat. Yes. Which is much more impressive than, than Extremis last time. Some people are just good at writing action and others aren't. And what it lacks in plot, it makes up in depth. Yeah, and, and just action. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with a big fight. That's true. It's a, it's a superhero comic. And it works because you get the fight, but then you get that... These little nuggets. It's how do you then live with that fight. Yeah. Which is how it ends. I think that's one of the... The, the, the DC comics, and to another extent Marvel as well at the moment, they've become so obsessed with being seen as being more mature and for older readers that they've forgotten that sometimes... What mature means. Yeah. Well, that as well, but they've forgotten sometimes that there's absolutely nothing wrong with five issues of the Hulk smashing stuff. Yeah. As long as it's written with heart and soul and a little bit there for you to chew on. Mm. Not just mindless action. And we do need to address the ending, because if we complain that Infinite Crisis hasn't got a proper ending, then we have to acknowledge that this doesn't either. Yeah. Or like you say, no, it does if you'd have ended it a page earlier. But then it's just setting up the next page. But there's still loose ends. It's like, you know, is Rick dead? Is the threat of the Hulk over forever? What of the Warbound? They're still here. Yeah. They've not well, gone back to Sakaar. With Infinite Crisis, mm. it doesn't focus on one specific person. Yeah. So with World War Hulk, it's just part of Hulk's ongoing narrative. narrative. Well done. Yeah. I thought we were going to say the same thing, though. Whereas with Infinite Crisis, the problems with that not having an ending is that it's not about any one person. It is a story. That about the end. DC Universe. Yeah. It's perpetuating the DC Universe. Mm. Whereas this is, like you say, it's another chapter in the life of the whole... I want to carry on reading after this. Yeah. Because this was really, really I was really going to carry on reading Red Hulk when I finished that. I, w- I think I'm there. Because it is good. Mm. Isn't it? Anyway. Alright, yeah, it's still good fun. Full-on Hulk action story, tons of heart, dollops of character. Alongside Planet Hulk, it's a story of epic proportions. And I think one of Marvel's best ever events. Yeah. Planet Hulk and this. By not being an event. Yeah. It was, it's basically came out of, well, we don't want the Hulk in Civil War, what can we do with it? Mm. And out of that, Greg Pak span something much better than Civil War. Yes. Because it doesn't piss all over the Hulk's previous characterisation <laughs> to make its story work. I mean, it's working within the framework of Civil War, so you've got Tony Stark and so Reed a, Richards asking like idiots. You're allowing those pissed on established characters yeah, to feel yeah. this. Yeah, but ultimately this is the Hulk reacting to them yeah. doing what they did as a result of Civil War. Mm. If you've not read it, go and track it down because it's really good. Like Michael says, you don't have to read Planet Hulk. But to read World War Hulk, it does, do. it does help. Yes. Um, but we've never read Son of Hulk, which follows this. Is that the third part of the trilogy? I'm assuming. So I may have to, I may have to look into picking that up. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was great. It's great, and then that's for, see, I picked Extremis for you, and this for me. <laughs> and when we ended up both touring Extremis, a new one, and then yeah. this entertained both of us. Anyway, next time on an all new episode of Hate Kids Comics, it's the third of this Michael Was Home for Easter trilogy. Yeah. It's finally here. 
I've only been promising it for three specials. You know what? You should release the email part next week <laughs> and then release the rest of it like in a couple of years' time. <laughs> Make people wait for yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you've distracted us again. Captain America, white. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. The conclusion of Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's increasingly inaccurately named Colors Trilogy. <laughs> That's what's, that's what's coming next. The Colours Quartet. The Colours Quartet, unless they do another one. Yeah. Well, they become the Colours Quintet. What other one could they do? They have talked about Iron Man and Fantastic Four. They would definitely like to do something with those two characters. Iron Man Red. I- Iron Man Gold. Oh, is that what it's called? No, I just made that up. What were they called Fantastic Four? Uh, well, they couldn't call it Blue, could they? No. Because they've already done Spider-Man Blue. Orange? Fantastic Four Orange, yeah. Could be. Could be that. What's the colour of Cosmic Rays? Fantastic Four Cosmic? <laughs> That's not, is that a colour? It's, yeah. yeah. Fantastic for heliotrope. If you can't prove that it's not a colour. <laughs> okay. right, so that's next time. We hope you'll enjoy us. You'll hope you'll enjoy us. Well, I hope you enjoy us. <laughs> we'll hope you'll join us and that you enjoyed this. Because I had a blast. That was good then. Alright, see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Hey Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production and a Two True Freaks presentation. Episodes drop intermittently. It is hosted by Andrew and Michael Leyland. All sound clips and music used in the show are for review purposes only, so don't sue us because we talk over them, so it's not like people can rip them off. Correspondence to the show can be sent to heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. 